Okay, we are live. What is going on, everyone? Episode 1616. Boys are rolling behind the bench. I'm uh, not going to stop, baby. Let's go. Topics uh, Sudbury Arena Gong Show. Uh, it feels like we're being a dead horse at this point, but there's always news with that. Uh, OHL bubble situation. We might get some OHL hockey. We got an insider slash player on the pot tonight to give us a little insight on that. Um, then we have our interview with Sarah Guy, which is really cool. Got into the world of curling. Shout out to uh, Team Northern Ontario at the Scotties, baby, making us proud. A little bit of Raptors talk. Tommy was been uh, has been asking for that for a while, so we'll talk a little bit of Raptors. Then we have another interview, double header with Deanna Kalili, uh, who talked about the Laurentian situation with us, um, and uh, you'll get to hear about that. What's going to happen with the arts program? She's the, there for the Italian program, so. Uh, interesting to talk about that. We got the BTB hockey pool as always, and the insecurity sponsored by our friends at Mayhew Performance. And now we'll send it over to Tom for the live ad read from the Jacklins at Silvercross. Thank you, Alex. Silvercross Subbury is the best for what they do. Let me tell you a little bit about what they do and what they offer. They sell power wheelchairs, walkers, scooters, hospital beds, stair lifts, curved stair lifts, porch lifts, and much, much more. Silver Cross proudly serves North Bay, Elliott Lake, Sudbury, Sturgeon Falls, the Manitoulin Island District, and Espanola. Silver Cross also provides the following services. What don't they do here, folks? Free and home assessments, installation, service for stair lifts, deck lift or porch lift installation, and site preparation, and obviously much, much more. Making a difference in our clients' lives and providing solutions to help them with their health care needs is our priority. And that's a message from Dean and Chantel Jacqueline, who are the owners of Silver Cross Sudbury. Contact Dean and Chantel for any healthcare need by phone at 705-222-0700. That is 705-222-0700. Or visit them on their website or check them out on their Facebook page. The best in the business, baby. Give them a show for any healthcare need. You will not regret the choice of calling them. Smooth like, smooth like butter, Tom. Uh, all right, mates. Bring in April Wine, episode 16 of Behind the Bench. Let's get it going. Seems as though I've lived my life on the bad side of the moon Just stir your drags and sickness still without a rustic spoon Now come on people, live with me where the light has never shown And my hornets flock like hummingbirds speaking in a foreign tongue This is my life, this is my life, this is my life, my life Okay, everyone, what's going on? Episode 16 of Behind the Bench. Boys are still rolling like usual. Um, and we have a special guest. We'll send it right away after I dunked on Tom from the last time. He says I don't interest, introduce the guest first. <laughs> I always do. We'll send it over to Sue Greyhound, number 24, Cole McKay, the pride of Sue St. Marie uh, as well. Cole McKay, what's going on, brother? Nothing. What a pleasure to be here. Thanks for the introduction. Um, you might you might have wanted to go to Tom there first, considering the night he had. <laughs> and, and that's perfect. We'll send it right over to Tom. We're recording. Like, Ma- McKay's already much, much better than Whaler, but uh, <laughs> what a what a night I had. It just, you know, it started off so good. We had a, had a couple meetings today, school projects, meeting with the podcast, and I barely was watching the last game. I was just on the background. I was doing some tweets for the Twitter, you know. Which is rare. To get, 
rare which is rare rich is rare i usually just watch every minute but i was like this game's a lock and of course they blew a uh as we all know a 5-1 lead to the worst team in nhl to basically what i call a farm team so uh it was good because i was i I called alex midway through the second uh intermission second period intermission i was like i have to tweet to brandon mackey who's a diehard sense fan and writes articles for the sense whatever and uh i was trying to figure out a way to chirp the sense and (laughs) just reverse right back up my hoops <laughs> that was good i mean the patience on morgan riley and just evgeny dadnov to come back the other way and just end it i i still butter but hey cole mckay's gonna get a fucking call up to the leafs <laughs> yeah no kidding um tom went from last episode wearing a leafs jersey to now looking like some six god <laughs> rapper soundcloud <laughs> rapper with a gold chain and some clear glasses and a beanie <laughs> Hey, these glasses, these glasses help for the strain of my eyes, okay? If I'm looking at your precious face over there through my screen, oh, okay? Oh, my God. How yeah. was everyone's Valentine's Day? Was it good? Yeah, great. It was all right. Yeah. Went from right. home. No kidding. Yeah, That's so, happening. McKay, you're in the in the peg right now. What What's going on there? Uh, I'm lucky enough to get uh, a little call from the Toronto Marlies. Let's uh, go. So, we're here now just... Uh, we got the impression that we're going to be here for a couple of weeks. We're on a road trip right now. Um, they're kind of strapped with the, the forward situation, given the injuries up in the big team. And um, so, yeah, we're, we're pretty lucky. There's four four OHL guys here now. So we're in Winnipeg, um, warmest city in the winters right now. But Love uh, it. yeah, awesome. it's fun. Are you on well a little deserved. PTO action like Biz in uh, Wit in St. Louis? ATO is what the uh, <laughs> it's called. A- amateur trial. <laughs> Dumb yes, I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. Awesome. Well, good, good for you, McKay. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah thanks. That's guys. that's huge, man. Keep it going. Uh, one one thing I wanted to ask McKay though, uh, Keegan Stevenson, same thing. Yeah, he's, he's uh, here? yeah, he actually just texted me before he got on. He's uh, he's in the lineup tomorrow, so you guys are gonna have no. to watch out for that. Yeah, oh baby, we have to get him on. I used to play against that guy, that fucking guy. He was good. Jesus, he was good. Who growing did up. you play against, Tom? No, he was from the he, he was from the oh, Sioux, just like McKay yeah. was. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want to? <laughs> I'm already in a bad enough mood. Just let's keep it good. <laughs> okay. I was I was at a high there. <laughs> All right, let's keep it rolling, boys. Okay. Um. So first topic up today is the Sudbury Arena situation. So and to be interesting, I'd like to hear McKay's take of what's going on. Um. But what's happening now is that the city's decided. Okay. Um, it's not illegal to look back at it. So we're going to hire another consulting firm for another 125 grand. Thank you. Taxpayers money gone. And uh, we're going to take another look at the arena, see what's going to happen given COVID has changed everything, so to speak. So um, they're going to relook at the whole situation. Um, McKay. So the suit kind of did the same thing with the arena. They relocate, not didn't relocate. They moved legit in the same parking lot and stayed downtown. So what's your thoughts on this situation here? Uh, it's a difficult one, obviously. Um, you know, the Sudbury arena, it is what it is. It's probably one of the oldest ones in the league. Um, but I don't know, like you said, uh, Jim, uh, the suit did the same thing. I think 2006 and the, the rink is unbelievable. Like I know the fans love it. City loves it. Um, I'm, I haven't been following the situation there too, too much, but, um, I know there's a lot of history in that Sudbury building, but I also know that uh, the people want uh, want a new one built soon here. So um, hopefully they get it figured out. But in the meantime, it's great barn, L- loud, uh, loud goal horn. 
Yeah, you like yeah. you like that, eh? I oh, love I hate it. it. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, we've uh, Tom and I have been able to go into the new the new Sioux Barn um bunch of times and it's beautiful um and just we're, we're dying for something like that it, it's a great barn um love seeing jackal three nine buzz out there um do you have any Wait, stories you, uh, from the Sudbury arena any any memories I, yeah i got uh, one in particular that isn't too too great but uh it was my second uh preseason game my first year so uh it was like i said my 16 year old year i was fifth round pick maybe make the team, maybe not. Yeah. Um, so out of training camp, uh, I was lucky enough to sign and, uh, the GM pretty much just said like, we'll give you the preseason games and, uh, probably like a month while the NHL guys are gone. I was like, fuck, whatever. Oh, excuse my language. No, so yeah, I, I was obviously from Sault Ste. Marie, fired up, get going, played in Saginaw, whatever, fine game, get to Sudbury and the Pelons were playing in Sudbury at that time. And uh, I, I can't remember which one it was, Drake or Darian, but I was reaching for a puck and we collided in my knee. I uh, sprained my MCL and I was out for five weeks after that. Oh. But honestly, uh, that was my first game in Sudbury too. And I had Come family on. there everything. Yeah, I had family from there. Uh, it was in the third job. period. I, it was in the third period. I heard, honestly had uh, I had a goal and assist at that point too. So no, I was, yeah. So uh, after that, five weeks get, went by and, um, it was actually a blessing in disguise because I got back and they gave me gave me a couple regular season games with some pretty good line mates and Morgan Frost and Boris Kachuk and oh geez, there you go there I guess I, I kind of stuck the rest so, of his history as they say yeah. no yeah. kidding that's sick Tom I your your thoughts here on the on the Sabrina well we talk about this I feel like every podcast there's not much else I can say I mean I would I. I just keep on saying the same answer every week. The listeners are probably just hating on me. Like, I just want to see this get done by now. Cole mentioned a good point. We're waiting for it. I'm just, the next topic when we talk about this is when it's built. Okay. That's it. That's all I got. Yeah. I'll just get this deal. done. Yeah. Easy. I like that. I like it, Tom. Okay. Uh, OHL bubble boys. Um, this is some news we've been waiting for a while. Um, much anticipated news. I, I can only imagine being a player right now. I'm not really having anywhere to play. Um, so OHL announced, Tom, do you have the details? Yeah, I got it right here. So okay. this is a, this is a tweet from Scott Wheeler. Um, it says sources, the OHL sent a memo to teams today with plans for restart, which is a 24 game season for hub cities, March quarantines at home before arriving in host city and a April to April 2nd, the fourth weekend target start and then government mandated quarantines for imports subject to government approval obviously so i'm not sure if there's any discussion right now on where the plan is for the hub cities but we're already seeing in the whl that there's like they're living at the rinks or something what's going on like that that i couldn't imagine that there's that, that there's no way the ohl the is doing that. there's no yeah way. yeah it's it's definitely interesting um i'm i'm intrigued to see who who's the hub cities are going to be which is yeah here's my take on it so I love the whole idea of trying to get a season out because the players need a year to develop. You can't just fully not play a year. Like you, you can do all the workouts, ab workouts, rollouts, whatever you want to do to try to stay in shape. But 
actually playing hockey and keeping up in the hockey shape is totally different. So these kids actually need to get, I'm calling them kids are a little bit younger than me, but they need to get back to playing. And I, I, I agree with it. As long as everything goes like smoothly and everyone stays safe, that's obviously the biggest part. And I think the hub cities will work. I'm not sure. Like we mentioned the Sioux would be a good one because the rink and the hotels right there, right? They can walk mm-hmm. uh, to and from, but yeah, I'm all for it. I'm not sure what you guys' thoughts on Yeah, that, let's let us let us hear McKay's take. Guy that's probably gonna be in this bubble that's that will happen. So let's hear about the only it. one that uh, sniffed the WHL games on this podcast. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I I I hope we're in a bubble soon here. But uh yeah, all, all we've been told to this point is um kind of like what you you guys said about the government approval and health and safety and, and that, that whole spiel that we've heard a million times. So obviously health and safety is um becomes uh comes before anything else but yeah. uh yeah bubble like like you said i think the Sioux would be a great spot we got a couple of hotels around there um i know all the guys on my team are dying to get back and uh to the right. point you said about uh, the young guys tom missing a year like i've, I've said this a million times it's not really a good year for it to happen for anybody like myself included um 16 year old 17 all the way up to 20 like these overagers are losing their last year potentially so, yeah um I, awesome. I they're we've gotten the sense that they're pretty uh, urgent about getting the season together. So that's, uh, that gives them, gives us some optimism. So we'll see what happens, but I hope so. Yeah. What do you think about 24 games? Like that's going to be something completely different. Yeah. For, <laughs> like sprint, just, you, can't, you, you can't really go on a losing streak, right? Legit. Like you just got to, it's ball. It's basically playoffs the whole way. That's nuts. It'd be cool to see. It'll be interesting to see the bubbles. I think the Sioux would be a great bubble. Like you said, Tom, you got the, the Delta right right down the street. Oh, um, what a that hotel. Place. Oh, what a hotel for <laughs> sure. Um, you got the casino down the road too, so they might have to include that in the bubble too. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, it'll be interesting. I hope it gets done. Just yeah, get these the, guys. The, the, the w, like, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe McKay knows the answer. The WHL is starting for sure, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're doing the kind of like province by province thing. Like as they get approval from each province, okay. they're kind of just giving them a thumbs up. And I think the states division got it. Um, Alberta, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know anything else. Maybe BC too. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The states is going to be like OHL's got how many? Three teams from the states? Three. Yeah, they yeah. have five over there, so they have a little bit uh, of oh, room. true. They can they can form a whole division with the five teams there in so. the states. Yeah, okay, yeah. good call. And, yeah, because yeah. the O's gonna have to bring those teams over to like what a, a Windsor kind of area. Yeah, you'd, you'd assume somewhere that, in because yeah. obviously border travel is not gonna be yeah. available. Jesus, what a shit show! The other thing I wanted to talk about it's a good thing we have a uh, OHL stud on the pod tonight. Um, the draft they're talking about maybe combining both years from this year and the following previous year to like one draft can you imagine the talent in that 30 yeah. round draft okay. so i'd assume if there's a season like the 24 game they would just go back to the normal draft but like how can scouts pick on a 24 game showcase it's like no offense if you're a third and fourth line guy and you put up 20 points in 24 games but you're not even supposed to be in that category putting up that many points you might get picked like who knows right. yeah so. well yeah there's disadvantages to this all over the place so um, I'm the, those NHL scouts are pretty good at their job, so I'm pretty yeah. sure they'll, they'll sniff something out of these these young guys. And uh, even for the older guys, like I said before, like they're they're playing for a contract now. So, right. um, 24 games definitely a sprint. And if if they do combine the two drafts, like 
um, guys my age, 19 year olds that have this year and next year. Um, cause you, you can't get drafted in your overage year. So like pretty much if they do the two drafts, you pretty much have an extra year to, to play in front of these scouts. So, right. um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'll see how they, they work it out. Yeah. Wow. Good point. Good point. Mac. Mac so I, I already, I already said that he's far, far better than Wheeler. <laughs> Well, well, Wheeler was getting Wheeler was in one with you and Jacko tag teaming him the whole time. So uh-huh. Jack was a talker though. Jack was good. Wheeler's just a little quiet. We have to get him out of his shell. Maybe when we actually have him on, we'll uh, we'll feed him a little bit of a uh, carbonated water so he can get. A there you go. Juice. There you go. Some birdie juice. Okay. Um, <laughs> let Let's move on. So from one bubble to the next, talk about the Scotty's bubble, Tom. Uh, shout out Sarah Guy. We uh, Sarah Guy. We had her on um the pod for an interview they're heading to the scotties which starts oh my god i want to say the 19th 19th thursday thursday the 18th sorry scotty starts the 18th we'll be watching um and uh it it was a a fun interview and we'll uh debrief after tom so let's send it over right away here to sarah guy hope you enjoy Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the boys have added another sport to the resume, which we're really excited about. Born and raised in Sudbury, Ontario, this person has been taking the curling scene by storm. It all started at the Idabald Golf and Curling Club in 2011, followed by winning the Northern Ontario Junior Championship in 2014, 15, 17, and 19. Talk about going on a tear. Nationally, she has represented the North Proud, placing third at the Canadian National Juniors and winning an OUA and U Sports title in 2017 for the Laurentian Voyageurs. Just last year, her team was a runner-up in the Northern Ontario Scotties, but due to some unique circumstances in COVID times, her team will be heading to the Scotties in Calgary this week. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome from Team Northern Ontario, Sarah Guy to the Behind the Bench podcast. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me on this lovely uh, Friday morning, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Mina, what an intro. Good job, buddy. That's right. we got to pump the tires right off the hop. Got to take a couple breaths in there, too. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) You you have a lengthy resume. so I guess so. (laughs) Seems that way. So what's up right now, Sarah? What like are you still um, at home, and when are you heading to Scotty's? Um, so yeah, I'm fresh off a night shift, so that's pretty fun. Oh baby. Um, yeah, so it's a good way to start the day or end it, I guess, for me. But yeah, so <laughs> I'm still in Sudbury. We're all in Sudbury, and we're just waiting to head out. We leave Wednesday morning at six a.m. to fly to Toronto. Then from Toronto, we head to Calgary. So it's uh, coming up pretty quick. Wow, that's that's crazy. And so you're heading there and you're heading into a bubble. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So what's the bubble situation like? So the thought is to kind of do it like how they did it for the World Juniors. So we get tested a few days before we head out. When we land, we get tested. Everyone goes to your rooms. You don't see anybody for about 24 hours. Then you have to wear your mask when you're socializing. And then you get tested two days later and then you get tested another three days after that. So basically the whole thing with the bubble is if, unless we're in the room or on the ice, you have to wear your mask, socially distance. You can only really hang out with our curling team. You can't leave the bubble. 
you get groceries brought into you and it's going to be a room service kind of couple days. So it's, uh, wow. it's going to be interesting times. That's for sure. That's yeah. crazy. So like, is it, there's a hotel separate from the rink kind of deal. And then you kind of like bus or walk there. Yeah. So we have cars typically at these big events. They'll kind of have a bus to help shuttle you, but obviously with COVID you can't yeah. really do that. So um, from what I understand, the hotel is pretty much walking distance from the club, but we just, everyone gets rental vehicles and you just kind of, everyone goes in your car then you go to the hotel and then back. And then the same thing, repeat every day and every game. Crazy wow. stuff. That's unreal. Yeah. You're going to be a part of some historic stuff oh, in a no bubble. <laughs> awesome. Okay, I'll send it over to Tom. We'll get we'll get into your career. Perfect. Yeah, Sarah, when we have guests on, we usually start from the beginning of the career and work our, our way up. So my first question for you is, how did you get started in curling? And did you play any other sports growing up? Uh, yeah, so I went to school in Coniston, so St. Paul's. So I yeah. was in grade four when we started curling and my dad was the coach so you know and kind of got to play um so the really nice thing about a small school is everyone kind of plays every sport so we did that everybody pretty much in the school and then we also my sister and I figure skated um from when we were really little so we were doing that and then you know kind of just the odd sports like swimming soccer um so always involved and then my sister started playing hockey when she would have been in grade five and that's when my dad met her mom sue burns who was like well my daughter needs a curling coach so sure enough that's when we got shipped over to the Wild, and it's been history ever since so fast forward to i don't even know how many years now like over 10 for sure and then here we are headed to our first scotties together so come on yeah that is unreal um So, like, what made you stick with the curling out of all the sports? Like, because obviously it's not, like, the most popular sport, but mm-hmm. it's still big in Canada. Like, I've tried curling once. I can't even, like, like slide <laughs> and, and, like, I throw rocks, like, down the gutter. It's, it's uh, the flexibility. It's the flexibility. Yeah. Alex, you yeah. you like, got to be limber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, basically, like, what, what kind of made Is the gas go in the, uh, the woodshed? And there, there's Maze chiming in. <laughs> we muted him okay um so, so in terms of just continuing with it uh basically some for some reason I just started having a lot of fun uh wasn't really taking it too too seriously and then when I would have been in grade eight we won provincial so I was like 13 and I literally had no idea what that meant to me it was just another tournament we call those bond spiels if you didn't know that and uh then everyone was kind of like, oh, like, that's like a big deal. And I was like, what do you mean? So then I got a plaque and a jacket. And I was like, oh, wow, like, that's pretty legit. <laughs> and then it kind of just kept going from there. And then when I was in grade 10, we won, um, op- we, went, we got quali- We got to go to, we won the Ontario Winter Games. That's what it's called. Sorry, mm-hmm. brain fart. And then we got to go to our first spiel out of province so we went to surrey bc so that just like really put the winds in my sail and i was like whoa like i could be okay at this so we just yeah. kept going we kept playing we got to do a little bit more traveling so it ended up working out pretty good i think yeah no kidding that's mm-hmm. unreal that's such a cool story um tom you got to yeah so alex mentioned uh he used to curl i tried last year for the first time and just for our listeners what's that line sarah that you have to pass the rock by what's that the hog line 
just to call the hog line. I, for the life of me, I couldn't figure out how to put the weight (laughs) past it. What made you pick the Idlewild to start curling there? Because was that the only place going in Sudbury or was the Coniston Club going on as well? Um, So we have, we actually have quite a few clubs. We have Coppercliff, Pearl Sudbury, and then Idlewild, Coniston, and then like, I think Capriol even has the club, Espanola, like we have quite a few, but it just so happened that Sue Burns, um, which is the mom of Krista Burns that I curl with, that's just the club that they played out of. So when we got asked to go there, plus it was kind of cool because, you know, like the Idlewild is like a pretty big deal in Sudbury. Oh, you know, yeah, you guys you are know. golfers. So <laughs> you know so, it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, uh, it just happened to work out and we just kept going with there. And we had a really lots of support from like the members there. Um, it really just became like a pretty big community for us, especially here in Sudbury. And a lot of like Krista's older sister curled out of there. So I knew that. And then Amanda Gates, who I curl with now, her team played out of there forever. So it just happened that we knew it was a really supportive club. And then I started playing out of Curl Sudbury um, when I when my team aged out and I played with a different group of girls. And same thing from there. Like, it's a pretty small community here in Sudbury. Everybody kind of knows everybody. So wherever you go, mm-hmm. even if I decided to switch clubs tomorrow, like everyone would still have your back. And just because you wear a different logo, it doesn't mean like people resent you for it, which is quite nice, actually. That is yeah, not like when I you, like uh, yeah. Really? You know, that's awesome because that's not the same way for hockey. If you switch associations, it's uh, oh, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. <laughs> Big rivalry, yeah. it's, it's kind of bad. Um, yeah. the next question I have for you, Sarah, is like, was there a moment for you that you realized you wanted to pursue curling competitively? Was there any specific moment? Um, I can't necessarily think of a moment, and I know I've said this in another interview because if you ask any of my other teammates, like, I quit curling like a couple times a year, I'll just get like so mad with it things don't go my way I'll be upset especially in high school because you know I couldn't go to like a high school party which was like so lame now that I look back but (laughs) like it just there wasn't really ever a moment but I really think it's when like um one of the big things too was there's also scholarships involved with it um so I think that was probably one of the big ones was when I started university, even though I had had some success in high school as a curler with high school. And then in my competitive team, it's like, you know, when you start making friends with people from across the country, you start meeting like your idols that you looked up to, like John Mead, Kathy Overton Clapton, which might not seem like names familiar to you, but for curlers, you would know them. So yeah. and it, it was kind of neat like that. And then you're getting these experience to not only continue curling, but also to pursue education and then, again just like meeting people becoming part of like the bigger picture so it's kind of just a bunch of little moments that now I look back and time's really flown by and I'm like oh my god like feels like just yesterday I was starting my first day at that while I was nervous to find the change room <laughs> yeah that wow that, that's so cool I I really like that um so like it seems like you guys really like your team dominated junior competition like you won a bunch of titles um and then you placed third at the Canadian national junior in 2017 mm-hmm. and now 2017 was kind of a big year for you. Um, so, mm-hmm. so talk about that national junior. What was the experience like playing nationally? Oh, that was, so that year was in Victoria, BC, which is probably Wicked. one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. Um, it happened. So Krista and Laura, who I've played with for years, um, it was our last year together as a team. And then my dad's also been our coach for as long as I can remember And then we had Megan. So that event was just absolutely incredible. We made a bunch of friends, which was super, super fun. 
And we just were like on a roll. We went into it. Our goal was to make championship pool. Um, So we lost. We ended up winning like, I think it was like seven games in a row to end up qualifying to be in the semifinals. So like that's that was like we didn't even realize the winning streak that we were on until somebody said it. And we were just playing well. We were building our momentum. We like had our friends. So we had a great pool that year. We uh, had like some really challenging games. And then. Uh, next thing you know, they, like we had ended up qualifying to play in the semis, uh, which is a TSN game. And I've literally not been able to not feel my legs for that, like for three hours. Like I have never played worse in my life. I have never been so nervous. I, I have literally like, I think I blacked out. We ended up accidentally deleting the game off our PVR, but I watched it one time and it's so embarrassing. Like, <laughs> so that was not fun, but it was still super, super neat. And again, like, I was able to learn from it because now I go into a bigger tournament and exactly um, I know a little bit more what to expect. In might, might suck at, at first, but then you realize how valuable the experience was, oh. right? That is, mm-hmm. which is unreal. Um, one like general question about curling, cause you're talking about like momentum and everything like mm-hmm. practicing in curling, like, are you just like doing practice games? Like what's like, if you're feeling good at practice, does it, does it lead into games? Good like, question. Good question. Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of ways, yeah. Um, so we do have, like, we typically would play in at least one league a year, and then you're playing in tournaments. We played almost every other weekend when we were okay. um, a little bit more competitive. We kind of took a step back the last couple of years when we're starting our careers and whatnot. Um, so in your practice, you have a lot of drills that you do, um, even a lot of, like, game talk, strategy. The older you become, the more that becomes a huge, huge um, so interesting. part of your game. Yeah. And also, like, finessing shots so when you're talking about getting the rock past the hog line we always say like 0.1 second is such a huge deal in curling and to so many people like you wouldn't know that so or like see that or be able to kind of feel that or even like the release of your rock so practice is really when you can kind of tweak your slide your release your communication just so many little pieces that to the naked eye wouldn't really seem like much yeah. but for us and especially this year like we haven't I haven't practiced once because of COVID and mm-hmm. we didn't know this opportunity was coming so it's really challenged us in a lot of ways but then also we've been practicing for so long that you can at least have I called it the meat and potatoes in another interview <laughs> and my friends have not let me forget it so the meat and potatoes <laughs> I like that I like that yeah. I like that a lot really cool that's so interesting um mason actually sent us a video over sarah of you guys oh, actually yeah. practicing on the lake is that, yeah. is that what's going on right now yeah so um amanda her parents very generously helped us create a little bit of a rink in front of their house on ramsey um so you can't really play on it but we could slide and get that kind of feeling so maybe if you guys want to come out practice your slide sometimes <laughs> you know we have that there for you um so because in curling we have pebble on our ice, which makes it the bumpiness. So right. we can't get that on the lake because the heat, um, I guess the heat from the water or whatever won't let it set properly. I don't really know how it works, but yeah. So we at least got to slide a little bit. And plus it's kind of just a novelty in a way. <laughs> yeah, that's so can you Can you imagine, Alex, if we went out there and uh, Sarah was giving you instructions? That'd be we, great we, content. Th- this oh, would be a great God. content piece. We'll, we'll have to do it. There we we'll go. Have we'll to have to. to. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so cool Alex you mentioned that 2017 was a big year for Sarah um, and then you end up 
playing curling for at Laurentian. What did it mm -hmm. feel like winning in 2017, both the OUA and U Sports? Um, it was, I had no idea. So we were actually the first women's team from Laurentian to win OUA and o, a new sport for curling. And also it was the first banner that we had for Laurentian for U sport and OUA. And I think almost like 20 years. So yeah. we didn't know any of that going into the tournament. And then the only, it, this sounds like, I don't know, like I almost seem so oblivious when I say this, but they kept asking us to go to the athletic banquet and we had to leave the next day for a tournament. So you're like, oh, you know, like it's not really working out. They're like, no, no, just come. So we're like, whatever. So we went, had a great meal and we were standing in line and there's this group of guys behind me and they're like, you're the curling team. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> they're like, we're the lacrosse team. We've been following you all season. So I guess one of the guys, his name's Jake, his mom happens to be a curler, found out that the curling team from LU was like doing well. So she had the lacrosse team. So they said they actually in the lacrosse house, like projected it on the wall and they all watched it. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like you're lacrosse, like how would you ever know about curling? So that yeah. was like super, super cool. And also like to like go to the banquet and everybody kind of like knew that this was such a big deal. And like, it was a big deal to us, but also like, you don't think like other sports really care about curling. Cause like, you know, like hockey is a big one, like, right. especially at Laurentian, like we're from Sudbury, like we're from Northern Ontario, like that's what like we live for. So that was really cool. And then even just like, hearing about it a little bit more how like again like the next year when we were still doing well like we still kind of had some fan base and stuff so it was a really cool experience especially because curling doesn't get the cool rep it should in my opinion it, it's yeah that that's crazy I, I feel like any anything that happens here like success wise in in non Ontario people are going to jump on on the bandwagon mm -hmm. for sure um mm -hmm. so that's so cool one question I want to ask you about like curling for LU did you face a lot of the same competition you would face curling competitively mm -hmm. yeah oh absolutely um so with university obviously a little bit different but we knew a lot of the players um and it would kind of just be a different team. So we knew like the players from Guelph, but in the competitive team, they actually do play together. Whereas a lot of the other teams, like players from Western, um, OUAT, like Thunder Bay, we knew them, but it would just be like a little bit of a different mix, whereas we were actually the same team. So in a way that I also think that benefited us because we had so much team building that we'd already done. It wasn't kind of just like uh, people that we had only ever played against, not played with. So that was kind of nice for us, but also cool too because we knew like basically everybody yeah cool and was the lu team made up of like most of the people you played with or yeah, it was actually the same team for 2017 oh, cool. so we're all we all went to lu so megan uh krista and laura and i so that was Unreal. fun yeah Unreal. yeah the one question i wanted to have uh get asked to you sarah is we mentioned the same competition is there ever bad beef going on between uh you and another <laughs> teammate from another school like for me, watching uh, curling on TV, I feel like there's a lot of maybe sudden chirps that go on. I don't know. <laughs> um, especially like in the big leagues, like everybody knows each other. Everybody right. plays with each other. So I feel like a lot of it's kind of friendly competition. <laughs> um, 
I've, I don't think I have bad beef, but I could and just like maybe not know. It's probably like petty stuff when you're like 16 and both have the same crush on the same boy. And then like <laughs> they, so it's like probably that. But I, I, I think I'm likable. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just oblivious. So, so I personally, I'm going to say no, but <laughs> it definitely we'll does be, happen. We'll, we'll be watching at the squad. Yeah. We'll <laughs> Look for some definitely. eye glares. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay. So 2020 crazy year you guys mm-hmm. are runner up in the scotties so i don't know when the, uh, the northern ontario scotties um yeah. when do those usually run i'm assuming it's before covid hit yeah so they were january, january end of january yeah. i think yeah and then yeah covid hit a couple weeks a few weeks later <laughs> right so so th- this is kind of like the qualifier right to go to the scotties like you mm-hmm. play everyone northern ontario and then whoever wins basically goes to scotties right yeah so oh, okay typically you kind of have like a play down for your zone um but because over the years the numbers in northern ontario have been going down um like we didn't have enough to have zones so we just had a provincials with eight teams so we did i think maybe it wasn't even eight teams feels so long ago now we did like a round robin and then you had your semi-final and then the final gotcha okay so what was that final match like was it was it a tight game um, it, I think the score was six, five when it was all said and done against wow. team Krista McCarville, who was a two-time runner up. Um, Jenny, who plays on McCarville's team is actually Amanda, our lead sister. Come um, on. so everyone kind of wow. each other's North Ontario is pretty small and Kendra Lily, the vice for, um, Krista McCarville is a very long time friend, family friend of Krista Burns. So it's, everybody knows each other, even though they're from Thunder Bay, like they still had two players from Sudbury. So it was a, a really good game. The McCarver rink is extremely strong, like well-practiced, very like great curlers. And I, they did really well, all their um, showings at the Scotties too. So it was an intense game. Plus no like kidding. they'd put in a lot of hours, whereas we hadn't put in as much because we were kind of focusing like, I was finishing school. Krista was doing a program. Uh, Megan was finishing school. Like it, it just where like we hadn't really put in as much hours as we normally would. So gotcha. um, we, we, we played well, all things considered. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Six, five. That that's it. That's a tight game for sure. Um, so just like everything in 2020, everything's so unpredictable. Mm-hmm. You guys actually get the call to go to the Scotties. So what happened there? Yeah. Um, so they offered it to, so McCarville went for 2020 Scotties and then they offered them at first for 2021, but they weren't able to go. They just had some like family and prior commitments and we ended up getting the call cause we were second place. So we got to jump on that opportunity, which was kind of neat. Yeah. What, what was the feeling getting the call? Like, like were, were you guys like Is shocked? Is guys internet working mom? Oh, okay. <laughs> little internet check <laughs> um a little bit yeah because you don't really expect anybody yeah i know <laughs> my screen just came up and said like internet's unstable so <laughs> uh, if it cuts out let me know yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh it, it yeah we weren't expecting it because it, it i don't know like it's definitely an atypical year like you don't really ever expect to go to your first scotties in a pandemic let alone basically by not in a way like winning the spot so yeah 
I mean, when we got it, like we kind of knew it was going to come because we had known that McCarville had turned it down, but also at the same time, like we weren't really ever expecting to get it. So it was uh, interesting. Yeah. So cool. So cool. So yeah, sir, you mentioned a couple names uh, since we started this interview. Can you break down your team for us? So our listeners know in what position each, each of your teammates play. Um, so Amanda Gates is our awesome lead. I'm our second, uh, Megan Smith is our third or vice, depending where you play from, you have different terms. And then Krista Burns is our skip and we're taking Kira Brunton, um, as our fifth. And then our coach is my dad, Rodney. Cool. cool. Okay. Can, can you explain <laughs> the position? Sorry. Like I just, I need to know just so I, I have a realm of what's going on. Yeah. Uh, so basically the lead throws the first two stones okay. and then like, that's pretty simple. The second throws third, fourth stone vice throws five, six, and then skip throws seven, eight. Um, so vice will hold the rocks for the skip while they're throwing. Uh, and then you have your sweepers. So basically, unless you're the skip or throwing, you're sweeping, you yeah. just kind of rotate through. And then the purpose of a fifth is pretty much in the event of an injury also yeah. to add like input to shots. Um, Kira, I've played with her for a few years. Megan's played with her for a few years. So we know we really gel well. She brings a lot um, like competitive wise, player wise, and also like strategy wise. So it's all kind of a little bit of moving pieces. and then. Um, from there, it's just like a, it's a lot of like mental and game planning strategy oh, yeah. and like being able to like read the ice. So it's, that's like the layman's terms is just who throws what position, but everybody always brings something different to the table, which is kind of neat too. So cool. So cool. That breakdown. I love it. Um, yeah. Would yeah, you no. say the skip is like <laughs> the head person and the most important or. Um, well, obviously I'm biased. Because, you know, I'm a second. So right. you kind of, everyone's got to have a stacked position, in my opinion. Um, in a way, like my favorite thing about Krista, like I've played with other skips, but my favorite thing about Krista, she's very just like mellow. Nothing phases her. We've been friends for years. Like for years, if one of us is like having a bad game, like she has no issue being like, hey, like you keep dumping it. Or like, hey, like you're doing this. And she doesn't mean it out of any place of contempt. She's just literally trying to help you play, be a better curler. So I think in a lot of ways, if you have a sound skip, that really trickles down. But also like being able to read your skip, know how to, to communicate to her. Because they do come down to those clutch shots, you know? Like right, yeah. the three of you before could have played 100%. But if the other team's playing 100%, she's still going to have to maybe make her draw against two. Or she's going to have to make a nice hit to get you out of something so yes but obvious but also again i'm biased i do think the second could be the most important position <laughs> on the team, so. yeah yeah absolutely you have every right to cool what's it like sarah having your dad as a coach is there some arguments sometimes between you two or um so some people say that your dad shouldn't be the coach if you're the skip which i do like i do agree with in some ways um so luckily for me, because I'm a second, I don't really have a lot of like to say a lot of the time. I'll kind of just be like, yeah, sounds good. Rock on. Like, let's go. Um, so I've never had an issue with it. I mean, like we do bicker, but we also spend like every weekend together. So that's kind of natural. So for me, it's been really nice. Um, like we've done a lot of cool things together and like even an opportunity like this, like I still get to go to the Scotties and have my dad go to see because we can't have any visitors. Yeah, that's cool. So, but then also like, 
you know, like, you know how to piss each other off. So oh, yeah, I mean, big time. <laughs> I'm sure it's like that with everybody. So it's, it's, it's nice for that. And he also like, he's known Krista for as long as I have. So in a way, like he's kind of like a, a friend to her too, not just like a coach. So right. they kind of have their little bickering matches sometimes and go back and forth, but it's always out of a place of love and <laughs> just a yeah. better oh, yeah. So That's it works awesome. out well. Love it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so you now, so you head into the Scotties. Scotties is where, like, like that's where the best curlers are in Canada. I would say. Um, who have you really like looked up to? I know there's Jennifer Jones. She just seems like she's always there, um, always <laughs> yeah. in contention. Um, so just like, who who do you look up to? Are you like excited to meet anyone if you haven't already? Um. So the one player who, when I was kind of starting really getting into curling, was Caitlin Laws, who actually is uh, third for Jennifer Jones. Um, so when I was a camper at Amethyst, which is a curling camp here in Northern Ontario, she was one of the coaches. So like that was a super big surreal moment. And she did a lot of speeches because she was younger, um, kind of just coming out of juniors. So that was kind of someone that I could like want to be because we were, you know, like in a few years, I was like, oh, well, like I don't even, she was in her like young 20s. So and I was like 14. So I'm like, OK, 10 years from now, like it's a lot more like attainable someone I can see myself hopefully being one day um and then again like Homan I've never played Homan before which is she's the Ontario representative she's and I remember even when she came like really onto the playing field they were a younger team they had a lot of success success they were winning and really dedicated so it's it's I grew up watching like yes Jennifer Jones even like Carrie Galusha but in a way it's kind of nice to see these younger teams that when I was really started getting into curling I could I really wanted to be because to me, they were closer in my age versus, like you said, Jennifer Jones, like super right. accomplished curler. Um, so it's, it's, it's neat, a little bit intimidating because I'm probably not as sharp as I would like to be for the first time, kind of sure. playing on the same level as them, but right. it is what it is. And I'm just going to have to roll with the punches. Exactly. Have fun with it. You never know. Everyone's oh, sure. pretty much came in, coming in on the same level of per, mm-hmm. uh, preparation. Right. So that that's good. Cool. Tom. Yeah. So the next one I have for you is, What's the strategy like in curling when you're playing the opposing team? Do you know, in a sense, how the other team is going to play? Do you guys have to watch video on them, or how does um, that work? So, somewhat, yes. Um, so, in curling, basically, if you're a little bit more of an underdog, you might want to play kind of a little bit of a cleaner game, not make things junky. Um, and same thing, like if you're up by a lot, you kind of want to leave it open and clean so that the other team doesn't have stuff to bury around. So there's absolutely a strategy behind it. Obviously, it's a little bit like we've seen all these teams play on TV. So yeah. you kind of know the style of play. Like Holman's really known for making like an insane like run double. So we know that they all these teams can really make those nice finessed, really hard shots if they have to. So going into this, especially because we haven't really put in a lot of ice time this year, um, we're a new team, we're a young team, we're very fresh, kind of like going to have some Bambi legs going in there. We're really going to be able to like know how a lot of these players and teams play so it won't be a total shock. Um, so that's a little bit comforting in a way. It's not like we're going in, never seen anybody before, no idea their style of play. Yeah. So it, yeah, like yes and no, because again, every game's different. If you're having a hot game, maybe they're a little bit off or vice versa. Like things are going to depend on even the ice, how you're feeling, um, just the score overall, if you're able to execute your shots too. So it's a little bit of shot by shot kind of thing, but 
Krista, again, we've already talked about her game plan going into it, what she wants to do. And again, if Krista's feeling comfortable and she's on a roll, like if she wants to do a shot that I don't agree with, I'm always like, yeah, you got this. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you got to have so, trust in them. For exactly. Sure. Yeah. I trust right. her fully. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We, Alex, we wouldn't be a good curling team because I would not trust We'd bake her too much. That's, oh, yeah. that's for sure. Right on <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> it makes the fans want to watch you more if you're uh, not all just smiles. A little bit of comments here and there is okay. Yeah. yeah. A good a good FU match once in a while. Alex. Yeah. 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 Um sir, what's the prize money like? Do you guys get paid for going? Um yes. So if you rank like top half, you get more than the bottom half. Um right. But again, it's not that NHL payout or like, you know, the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, I'm close to that. I still have to come back and go to my, my day job. <laughs> so plus I had to take two weeks off for this. So, right. you know, but uh, there is a little bit of money involved, which also kind of adds a little bit of incentive. You want to place a little bit higher up, put a little bit of ka-ching in your pocket. So, yeah, you know, nice. we'll yeah. see how things go. But for if sure. it doesn't happen. That's okay. <laughs> Still a great experience. And no exactly. doubt you guys will be back there for sure. Um, so Scotties, if you win the Scotties, it's to the world. Yes. Correct? Okay. Yes. And you're representing Canada on a on a international level. So yeah. when when you're in an Olympic year, mm-hmm. if you win the Scotties, do you represent Canada as well? No. So for the Olympics, um, you have to kind of build like a point system. So I think it goes, it's either two or four years. I'm really, I don't know why I don't know this. I should, but <laughs> um, so basically it's depending how many like uh, spiels you play in, um, okay. but they're like higher level spiels. So kind of like grand slams, how well you do in those, you kind of build the points and then it's your team as a whole. So kind of each Olympic cycle, you want to stay with the same, same team, because if you're breaking apart, you don't get to keep your points. If points, there's only two gotcha. of you on a team. Versus if there's three. So it's it's really a point system. And then you qualify for the Olympic pre-trials. And then from there is when you go to the trials. And again, it's just like a big tournament of teams playing each other. And then I think it's eight for that one. Again, I really should know this, but I don't. Um, and then the winner from there goes to the Olympics. So cool. it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, really cool system. Yeah, I did not know that. We're learning mm-hmm. so much um, <laughs> on this pod. Just, just a general question. Um, for you what what do you enjoy most about curling um it sounds super 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 cliche but honestly like we just have so much fun like again I've known Krista she's like a sister one of my best friends like we always say like if you're not having fun it's not worth it like go home if you're having a bad if you're in a bad mood and like that's always been our thing like we're always laughing like even if we're like getting our like butts kicked and like we're down and like just playing like total garbage sometimes someone will just like make a comment the one time I remember we were playing and the after the game I was just playing like garbage and the one of the girls I played with posted like a cranky teapot on my Facebook page because I was a crank pot so like it just like we just lighten the mood we all know each other we've played together for so long it's like a like that's probably why I still do it even though I quit all the time they're like well no like you have fun and I like to travel so I'm like okay well I guess I can come out of retirement even there though you I go. quit two days <laughs> ago yeah <laughs> I love it awesome so for us hockey guys like me and Alex used to play the word is used as off season what's like an off season look like for a curler do you guys have to work out or are you guys well even we're supposed out? to <laughs> 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 um, we're supposed to but I mean 
when you're like it's a little bit different kind of too if you're only four of you you might not have that much of a motivation um our last couple years of juniors we really started to take it more seriously you know working out in the summer or trying to at least keep in somewhat shape because you really feel it like that first tournament like you wake up and like muscles you don't even know you had are sore um Whereas this year with COVID, I think like everyone's really kind of suffered that COVID-19 couple pounds you've gained. Um, definitely had a little bit more of a beer belly than I planned going into this, but that's okay. <laughs> so, but it's, uh, it kind of just is what it is. So there is a lot of like, we started working with a, a, like a personal trainer um, to help kind of maybe condition us you know I stopped drinking like seven days a week just kept it to the weekends so it's it's a little <laughs> bit of column a a little bit of column b but it's, it's oh all really how god. you look at it <laughs> that is awesome oh my god that is fantastic I love that. um is it is it a lot of like yoga like flexibility kind of stuff it's or gonna be I, I would imagine. <laughs> um again kind of it's up to the the player really like right we did a lot of like kind of like core stuff which actually is quite important in curling krista loves she'll do her little stretching and like uh yoga (laughs) so she kind of does that some more but like amanda really got into orange theory otis stop barking (laughs) (laughs) um so oh my goodness he just wanted to be heard. That's all. Yeah, um, yeah. We started talking about working out and he got right into that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, again, it's, it's just really what works for different people. When I went to Manitoba in the summer a couple years ago, because I had won a scholarship team, Mike McEwen was working out at this gym and they were cool. like absolutely like drenched in sweat. And I like walk in, I'm like 17 years old and I'm like, haven't even lifted like one weight my whole life. And these guys are like, absolutely shredded dripping in sweat and we do like a little circo because they wanted to like kind of give us a taste in life and I'm dying I'm like hyperventilating they're like yeah that's our warm-up I'm like what's more (laughs) what do you mean there's more (laughs) oh that sucked um so like that was we had like the ropes and like sleds and I'd never done any of that so I was like what the hell is this but then, you know, you get a little bit older, your body changes, you drink a little bit more and you kind of start going to the gym and and then and the rest is history. So, yeah, there is there should be conditioning, but this year's a bit different. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And it's totally, totally right. Too. Yeah, Tom. So, yeah, we're mentioning into drinking now after a match with your team, win or lose. Do you guys get together and talk about the game and have a couple of glasses of wine? How does that work? Um. Yes. Uh, it kind of depends when you're a junior. So like when you're right. like 21, yeah. you're not allowed to, even though if you are of age and same goes for your coach. So that wow. was fun when like the other parents, you know, would be having a nice drink at dinner and my dad has to have a nice tea. He really loved that. Um, but <laughs> like now, yes, it's a big, it's so different, like playing as a woman versus like playing as like a junior, just for that atmosphere, you know, everybody does. So typically winner buys loser around. And then even like you could have just got your like absolutely blown out of the waters and then the other team just buys you like whatever it is like like you said like a glass of wine like a pitcher of beer and you just sit there and you're like oh like where are you from you just start chatting about life so that's also really nice when you're like playing in women's and like men's it's it's so like you're just you're friendly whereas like when you're like 18 you're like all angsty and like upset that this team yeah. beat you even though like you play like garbage so 
crazy that is it's, so cool oh my yeah, god it's, 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 it's competitive it's competitive when the clock's on but when the clock's off it's right like you're all you friends. go toe-to-toe exactly. to toe and then you respect each other that's uh, i love that's awesome. that that's what it should be mm-hmm. but that's what oh, it's all 100%. about yeah that's yeah. so cool um quite just a couple like general questions here um when you guys hit a big shot in a big game like skips yelling at you hurry hard hurry hard and <laughs> and and you, you sweep in and and yeah. you hit a huge shot like are you guys selling hard like you're going no. nuts no eh? no um it's like a big sportsman uh like sportsmanship game like it's very like the only really times you I've ever really like celebrated is when we've won a provincial. Right. And even then it's like, like you kind of shake the other team's hand, you know, like they'll be like, congrats. It'll be a good game. And then you have that little embrace. It's never, I mean, obviously like you see the Olympics when they win the Olympics, that's a bit different. Um, But it's never like these big celebrations. Even if you play a good shot, you'll just be like, good shot, couple high fives. Um, which is again, like it's kind of cool. It's and then like you'll like go into that. like your hotel room and you're like, yeah, like you know, yeah. you're all fired up. But then you like have to kind of like keep it chill after that. So for sure, yeah, cool. Yeah. I love it. We're, so cool. whereas you hockey boys, you're not like that. <laughs> That's after every goal, absolutely. Even in golf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the last one I have for you, Sarah, before we get into our little segment of the past five questions, is what 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 would you say like your craziest shot you've hit? was like can you try to explain to us for us dummies what would it what it was the craziest shot so when you're a second you like your your goal is kind of to like depending on how the end is going an end is like an inning in baseball for those of yeah. listeners who don't might not know right. um like you kind of have to have like a big weight and like clear out some shots um like clear out some rocks the craziest shot i love peels um so that's kind of when you hit like the guards and try and get them out um so those are always fun for me the craziest shot oh my god I don't even I can't even remember there's been too many of them yeah exactly (laughs) but I think one of my favorite shots would have been even I was sweeping and Krista was throwing it and it was to go to our first junior nationals and it was just like I don't even remember any curling shots for some reason, but this one, I just remember because we were so on edge and she just had to make like, there was like a bunch of rocks kind of all around and she had to come through a port and like hit and roll over. And like, I was so stressed and anxious and I remember her making it. And then we knew we had won and we were all like, just like, so like shaky, excited and super, super like ready to just party and like live it up. But we couldn't we shook our hands and we were very nice but uh yeah a shot that i i love the big weights but i can't even remember one that i'm like oh yeah like that's a fiery shot for cool. me personally anyways well <laughs> we're gonna have you back on and you'll be able to tell us that after you guys win the scotties that's, <laughs> yeah, sounds good sounds good yeah <laughs> alex i gotta ask this one from what i see when i watch curling is the most impressive thing to me is when the rocks come in really fast and the sweepers are moving their ankles around the rocks, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. how does that work? For, like, do you, is that, is that just practice? Like, how do you know oh, when yeah. the rocks coming? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like, for some reason, I feel like you're just like really in tune with your senses, even though like you're super focused and like, you'll just like move yourself move around. around and like, you don't even realize it's, it's really crazy to think about. And, or like even like when we'll be sweeping a rock going into the house, like 
you'll have to try and like move around things and like you could just give up sweeping and be easier like you're not really even doing anything at this point but yeah it's like I think it's also like a theatrical thing it's for the viewers we want to keep you interested in the game I you love think, the are they gonna fall and like trip are you gonna hit the rock kick it so it's it's, you, all, you, it's for the fans you, you gotta <laughs> have some dance you gotta have some dance moves then sarah if you move your ankles oh, like that you right. ask mason's uh laura there she's seen them i'm top awesome one more thing before we head into our little rapid fire question and i asked this to every person that we've interviewed from the north um about their sport um, because I think there is, there's always potential for any sport in Sudbury and in the North, in your opinion, like what is the potential for curling in Sudbury? Are there a lot of youth playing right now? And should there be more? Um, obviously I always think there should be more. Um, the one thing that I noticed is when I was younger, there was always like every Saturday, I think it was Saturdays, every, um, club in the city they would host kind of like uh, a bantam event so it'd be young curlers on their team but then you would kind of just do like you'd play two games against teams from different matches like uh teams from different clubs and each saturday a different club would host we don't do that anymore um and like that was always fun you're meeting new people you're playing players from different clubs especially here in Sudbury. um and again even too like curling camp when i was a kid like curling camp was like the bomb like if you wanted to have a good year you went to curling camp there was 96 campers there was a wait list it was all kids from like northern Ontario down south and now those numbers have just been dropping so I would love to see the youth numbers just like hop back up there to when I was younger um and again I think it all just comes down to like bringing awareness about it making it more available um making kids think like this is a cool sport, you know, like there's other ice sports other than hockey and figure skating and regat. Like, yeah, it's just really kind of like hyping it up and making kids want to play. And like, I know a lot of like young curlers here in Sudbury who kind of how I was, you get like your group of your team and you just grow up together, which I think is really awesome too. So Cause cool. you like you're friends with these kids when you're 10 years old. And then now you're 23 years old and you're still best friends. So like there's a toner rink here in Sudbury. I know those girls really well. And like, I think Mia's only like 14 or 15. So it's nice to see her from a young age. She got to like grow up with curling plus her dad and mom are both very accomplished curlers. So again, it's just making it enjoyable and making people want to go out and play and the younger teams too, which is really nice for us, I find. Absolutely. Absolutely. Real, real good uh, message there. Um, is the cost to curl relatively cheap? I just, just for young kids, if they're listening. Absolutely. Honestly, um, depending on different, like different clubs, there's different member fees, especially for little rocks or what we call them. Yeah. All you need really is like a pair of sweatpants, a sweater, some gloves and a pair of running shoes and all clubs pretty much have sliders and brooms that you can borrow awesome um, and even then like like our biggest cost for us is just travel and going out of town hotels food and stuff but when you're younger like it's such a financially affordable sport in my opinion yeah um and clubs are always willing to work with just to have like young curlers be interested so it's it's definitely something i think that and it, like schools even too there's so many sliders you can rent a couple sheets bring your schools out like I think more people should at least try it once or twice just to see if they like it. 
Amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well sure. said. Uh, we'll send over time now for our fast five here. Yeah. So Sarah, I'm going to ask you five, <laughs> I'm going to ask you uh, five kind of rapid fire questions and then whatever the answer comes to your head, just uh, shoot away what, whatever you think it is. Okay. So the okay, first question good. is, <laughs> the first question is uh, favorite teacher. Ooh, probably Madame Filipovic in grade five, six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Who would you say your favorite, <laughs> your favorite curler is? My favorite curler. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> my mom wants me to say her. <laughs> she heard. <laughs> um, but I love from so my my favorite male curler. I'll probably go with Brad Gushu from yeah. Newfoundland. Oh yeah. And then my favorite female curler, I might go with. Don McEwen, who is the lead for Jennifer Jones out of Manitoba. Like it, like it. Perfect. Or Caitlin Laws, or Caitlin Laws, both okay. teammates, so equal fair play. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> perfect. Uh, favorite sport other than curling? Um, you can say dancing. I love, I, I was going to say, does dancing count? <laughs> <laughs> or I, I do, I, I do like swimming. That's fun. Swimming's fun. Or skiing. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> like it. Dream place to travel to? Oh, I actually just talked about this. Either Turks and Caicos or South Africa. Nice, nice. Okay, and the <laughs> last one, uh, favorite Sudbury restaurant? Oh, Respect is Burning, easy. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Fang, yeah. baby. Can't wait for that place to bo- yeah, open back up. <laughs> oh, yeah, big time. All right, yeah. we'll, we'll send over Tom. We're going to wrap up. I'll send over to Tom here. Yeah, the, the respect is burning. That's a different answer. We usually get Sarah for you to uh, to hear. We usually get Pat Mario's. That's the the given answer yes, usually you know. from her. But yeah, uh, I have too many uh, too many good memories at respect to not oh, yeah. be my favorite restaurant. That's <laughs> Alex too. Especially Alex Lo- love respect and uh, Mace love respect too. Oh, yeah. Stephen yeah. Johnston too. Oh, they love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Subri. <laughs> <laughs> everybody loves respect all you exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um well thank you sarah on behalf of me for coming on our show and uh taking your time just to talk to us today and i wish you all the best of luck next week and i know i'll be tuning in the same as alex and we're rooting for you so best of luck Absol- thank you absolutely i'll i'll uh piggyback here um before we let you <laughs> let, let you say your last words um it, it was, it, it, this was so much fun. Um, love learning about new sports. Our last episode, we were learning about swimming. Now we're learning about curling. Like we, we love that. Um, what you said about the North here again, that's so important. We hope people that listen, take that into account. Um, try curling out at least once. Um, and uh, it's amazing. And again, best of luck at the Scotties. We're going to be ruined for you. We'll definitely uh, be watching, putting some updates on our, uh, on our end too. And uh, hopefully you guys bring one home for us. So, uh really proud of you guys and, and keep doing what you're doing so thank you for coming on yeah thank you both so much for having me and uh it's it's really really been fun especially coming off a of night shift you know i got a little bit of the the loopies <laughs> in me when you're overtired but it's been a really fun morning and thanks for having me and again like getting the word out about curling and making kids hopefully think it's a little bit cooler and i hope that we can make you guys proud and See you at Respect is Burning when the world's open back <laughs> That up. is right, baby. I love it. Awesome. All right. Perfect. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. All right. So that was the interview, Tom. 
give me your thoughts right away, bud. Uh, immediate thoughts. Okay, so she said guy or guy. Guy for French, right? Doesn't matter. Yeah, I know. It, it, I know. It, it was hilarious that we settled that right away. So um, we might have settled that pre-record. Anyways, she was awesome. Hilarious. One of my like it's all time. Part of the reason, yeah. Part of the reason why I wanted to start this thing is to learn about other sports. And I had we've both obviously tried curling, which we got into, but she was hilarious. She was making us laugh every time she answered a question. But uh, I wish her all the best of luck. For someone from the north to play in the Scotties is very accomplishing and. I don't think curling gets what's the word I'm looking for recognition recognition as as much. So uh, we'll be watching. We'll be tweeting on our uh, Twitter page as well. And hopefully she can bring home uh, Northern Ontario, a nice, uh, a nice medal. Yeah. Big time. Uh, It was a cool story how they got to the Scotties. um, Just the whole situation. They, they haven't had any practice. Uh, Yeah. Tom. Yeah. Yeah. You're buzzing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One thing I wanted to say that I actually remember now is, um, so I asked her about the chirping as there's ever any chirping going on. And she actually found it pretty funny because after the losing team has to buy, no, no the winning, winning team, team buys, the, the winning team, team buys a losing team drinks after. And I'm like, can you imagine that happens in hockey? In like hockey. You, get in the, you get in the scruff. Can you imagine like when Muzzin shot the puck at the Chuck there against Calgary? Yeah, let's go get some drinks after like no chance. But for that sport, I find that very cool. I don't know. Yeah, very cool. I think it'd be interesting to go watch like a sky. I think the atmosphere is uh, is underrated. Um, yeah, so big shout out. We're going to be rooting for Sarah the whole way um, and just bring it home. No one's had any practice. They've been sliding on an ODR. So we'll have to put that clip into. Um, so good luck to Sarah. Bring home uh, the Scotties for Team Northern Ontario, baby. Okay, let's move on um, to one more topic before we head into our next interview on a doubleheader. Uh, the Raptors, Tom. Toronto Raptors. I don't know if you're a big Raps fan, McKay, but Tom's been ranting and raving, so go get after it, Tom. Okay, well, I was getting a lot of flack on this from my brother and my dad that we have not mentioned the Freddie Van Fleet show uh, two weeks ago because we were very, very strong on the Raptors sucking at the early parts of the year, Alex. We were, especially you, Absolutely. Um, on how much they suck. So we can't forget about that they're actually not even playing in their home arena right now. That's another topic. They are completely playing away. Okay. Listen, I think five is a bad place this year, Tom. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so thank they're, you, they're, thank you. They're, they're five and five in the last ten games, but Freddie Van Fleet sets the franchise record for most points in a game at fifty-four. Good for him, undrafted. Love to see that. Now I'm hearing talks that they're really interested in Andre Drummond. Do you think that can even work, Chimino? Like, could they must like give up somebody? Yeah, they're gonna have. I don't know what Cleveland would look for. Probably draft. Picks. Yeah, they, they they are missing a big. Like whenever we talk about the Raps, they're big stink. Bain, they're terrible. They, like Bush they their in best well, one but... in Alex Len. They're they're terrible. Um, <laughs> but, the raps um, are terrible. Pascal Alex, Siakam had a what, we, game winning shot against did Minnesota. You see that, did you see that shot last night? I I didn't even see it, but they they oh. lost to Minnesota. They're terrible. Um, and I think honestly, you just why are you trying to bring in Drummond? Like this team, I think you just to me you just blow it up. You got Lowry who's on. The tail end of his career. If, if you can get this deal done, though, Alex, without giving up your core young guys, like you mentioned, like Freddie, Boucher, uh, OG. Well, how much you paying C- Drummond? 35? Yeah, I know, but I, I think he's a free agent. I think he's a free agent. Is he? He, I, he is a free agent at the end of the year. I, he opted I might out, be, yeah. I might be totally wrong, but 
I don't know. They're missing a big. Maybe they go for a little bit of a run and Brooklyn gets hurt. And you, you never know. I, I don't know. Fair enough. McKay, what do you got on this, bud? You know what? I'm not the biggest basketball guy outside of LeBron, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I did do my research, guys, before okay. uh, when you texted us. When I heard about the Drummond thing as well, and I was looking on Twitter and talking about the cap situation that you just were, I saw that if they package Baines and Powell, okay. For Drummond, okay. that pretty much solves the cap issue because Drummond's coming in somewhere near 30 or 23. Right. Some, I don't know. My numbers are messed up. But right, right. Um, I do know that, like you said, their big needs uh, needs an upgrade for sure after um, Ibaka and Gasol left us last year. But aside from that, I had fun when they won the championship a couple years ago. I oh, brother, yeah. agreed. Um, Very well a, spoken, Cole that, McKay. That that was that is interesting. If they can get Drummond for Powell, Baines, and like I guess draft, I thought you'd have to give him more. Yeah, it's gonna get, you're gonna have to probably kick in someone else too. But. Yeah, so you can, uh, Chimino, you can tell that the leadership out of Cole McKay coming out here, the assistant captain for the Sioux Greyhounds. There you go. Just you go. very well spoken. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tire pump show. Today from well, hey, hey, do, you, do you not do you not know what team and organization he's with right now? The Toronto Marlies. So yeah. maybe if McKay can work his way into the lineup, I there can find go. a way into the management and then yeah, work his way up to the lease of the GM. How I already many, got it all how figured out. How many emails out. have you sent Kyle Dubis yet? I'm at three. There you go. Keep it going, Tom. It's got to be like three a day. You're from Sudbury. That doesn't help though. Oh, there you go, Tom. There you go, Tom. Dubis. Sue boy. Maybe if I own Pinos or something, he would actually answer me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Um, what else we got? We can go all night. I love this. Let's yeah. Let, let's move on, Tom. Um, we'll talk about our next interview. Um, interesting guest. It's a double Dion. Yeah. Double Dion. Um, interesting guest we had on. This is something a little different. The boys really never have gone outside the sports realm, I want to say, in a long time. Ever, I think. Long last time was Eric Shrew, TikTok right. star. Um, we'll uh, we'll save the comments for that. But uh, we had um, Deanna Khalili come on. So she is the chairperson um, for the Department of Modern Languages and Literatures. She uh, is a, a prof at Laurentian and uh, Italian program. So she's given her take on what's going on at LU, and her program is very much at stake. Um, of what's going on? So. Uh, it was good to hear her take, sell the program. And I think if you had to look at all the arts, which we can all agree, the arts are in jeopardy. You'd have to say the your best bet, your best one to justify would be languages. I think languages are pretty good to learn. Yeah, Tom. The other argument is, though, I want to get McKay's thoughts on this after we introduce Diana to the, to the pod for the interview is... I was hearing stuff. I don't want to say it, but I don't want to bring down a guest on our show, Brett Jacklin, that they might cut the hockey program. I'm not going to say who my source was, but man, that when you think of it, it's very, very costly to keep that program going. Well, yeah, it's it's like a million dollars of the budget. They don't really bring in much revenue. Um, but you also, in, in terms of hockey, they don't bring revenue. The tuition, but in terms of players and yeah. tuition, um, yeah. yeah, man, it's... It's interesting. But it's scary. You never know what Laurentia can do, man. Like, yeah, they might they might cut every like sports program, but like instead of we mentioned the arts, they might keep all those and just gas all the sports programs. As bad right. as it is to say, like, right. you, you well, never know what they're going to do. 
and yeah, we'll continue the conversation uh, after the uh, interview with Deanna. So let's get into it. We'll send it over. Enjoy this on the doubleheader, the second interview, Deanna Khalili. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, today we welcome a special guest to the Behind the Bench podcast. She has devoted her career to the Italian education, to Italian education and the Italian community in Sudbury. With recent news coming from Laurentian, Italian Studies is fighting to stay in Laurentian's programming as cuts, unfortunately, will be made. Italian Studies has been deeply rooted in Laurentian for over 30 years now, providing entertainment in the form of Le Mascare, where you can see me featured in it also. The boys here firmly believe in the Italian program and the community here in Sudbury, so it is only right that we gave this special person a platform to speak on the current situation and get the message out and support. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Chairperson of the Department of Modern Languages and Literatures, Diana Uelle Colili. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Wow, what an intro. Thanks. You like that, eh? Pump, pump the tires right off the hop. <laughs> Alex has been working on that for the last month. So. <laughs> All right, so Diana, let's talk about... Uh, uh, the program first before we get into what's going on um let us know like what what uh give us a little brief history on the program oh okay um well it's been here since laurentian opened um so it was here before i ever got here or paul who was here before me uh got here um so since it's founding um laurentian's founding laurentian italian has been here and that makes sense because of the size of the Italian community in Sudbury. As you know, after English and French, Italian is the next biggest community in Sudbury, and it's the first non-official language of the province. Right. So it makes sense that Italian would have a presence at Laurentian, because Laurentian is supposed to service its community. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's the reason for us to be there, for us being there from the beginning. Um, we didn't have a full major uh, till 1992. Um, that came much later. Um, and since then, we've just been moving on, um, sharpening up the, the major so that students could get um, a, a lot from that and either go on into the workforce or go on to do something beyond the BA or go on to graduate school. So uh, there's only there, there are three of us, four of us teaching now, two full time, two part time. Um, and uh, we cycle our courses in such a way that students get a huge uh they cover a huge amount of courses as you know mm -hmm. uh, beyond language because most people think you know it's a language pro program so they think it's just languages but no we teach courses on italian sports we teach courses on italian scandals there's a course now on italian food culture and um, alex you're on a in a course now on an italian fashion and design oh yeah <laughs> so we try to we try to cover all those bases uh for which italian culture is known for mm -hmm. beyond, beyond pizza spaghetti and mafia you know <laughs> <laughs> want to try on that stuff. Even though we teach those within the confines of some courses, I know, I don't know if you ever took our uh, images of Italians in North American TV and film, we touch on stereotypes there because right. we, have to, we have to learn how to deal with them thanks to the Godfather. So we need right. to learn how to deal with that stuff. So absolutely, absolutely. And like, like you said, there, there's so much to learn. Um, it's not just the language, there's so much outside of it too, which branches. Um, and you kind of mentioned about the, the program growing. How, how have you seen it grow, Deanna? And, and where would you like to see it go in the future? Well, right now, given the situation on Laurentian, I would like for it not to be cut. That's yeah. <laughs> right now. Uh, growing, the way, grow, way we could make it grow is that uh, we, we offer um, 
we cycle in new courses. Because we do things on a three-year cycle, because students are there for four years, uh, we could always cycle in new courses. Um, and that's where uh, our music history course comes in. And it's also, it also is counted in the music degree. Um, and so we have the cinema courses, like uh, the Italian cinema and the North American and uh, Italian North American cinema, which feeds into uh, the cinema program at Laurentian, uh, things like that. Um, but uh, we are also would love to, if we could collaborate with the School of Education, so that there would be a teachable in Italian. Because oh, like that. beyond U of T, there isn't one in Ontario. Oh, okay, gotcha. Languages, so it would create a niche. And I like uh, a further niche, because right now, outside of U of T in York, Laurentia is the only other place in the whole province to get a degree in Italian. Right. Mm -hmm. a degree, only U of T, York, and Laurentia. That's it. Gotcha. We have a real niche up here. Big time. And and I think the, the community is, is huge here um, in Italian. Like Subri, you walk around, half of the people here are Italian, at least. Um, yeah. yeah, well, uh, I teach three courses because we have a, a, a little... Um, a, a little niche in Italian Canadian studies because that's mm -hmm. my research. Right. Um, as you know, in our plays, uh, we write the plays. Okay, we write them because we want to put our community, we want to show off our community. Oh, yeah. For me, um, the goal behind it is to document this language, mm -hmm. uh, this hybrid language that Italians created when they emigrated here because they didn't come with English, uh, but they were faced with English. And so mm -hmm. they had to create a whole new uh, realm of of terminology that every immigrant group had to create from Italian to Portuguese to Greek, they, Greek, they all had to create these words that didn't exist and they, they didn't know because they didn't exist in their own identity of what their language was. So we write the plays and we use all that terminology in there, mm -hmm. as you know. So this Italiese is my reason for writing the plays because it's an oral language and it's, an, it's a language that's destined to die once the immigrants go. Uh, I'm a child of an immigrant. so. I'm the bridge. I'll go mm. with my mom to the doctor and I will explain things to her. But my kids speak English. They speak Italian. They mm -hmm. speak French. They have no reason to learn Italiese beyond just making fun. They're right. just having fun with, with me or with whomever. Um, so once another 10, 20 years pass, this Italiese will die. It's right. destined to die. So right. we're frantically documenting it. Because right. if we won't document it, it's like as if these 50 years that immigrants came after the Second World War, it's like as if they were never here. And the only mark that Italians left on Canadian culture would be food culture and, of course, buildings that they built. But mm -hmm. no, they have a rich linguistic history that we have to document. So I'm frantically doing that. I'm hoping that by the end of my career, I will be able to publish the dictionary. Right. Up to about 5,000 terms now. And I'm working with the team at U of T. Uh, and we're trying to put together this, this dictionary now. I like that. Yeah, that, that would awesome. be really cool to see because um, that, like in the plays that I've been, you could definitely say like, the words you have in there from Italiese, like my grandparents say it all the time. No, 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 no. Say any type of Italiese word that we have in there. They use it all the time. That's what they use, right? To, they morph the Italian language with English. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty cool. Um, and they don't so, even realize it. They just do it. That's their Italian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they don't realize. I'm sure it's done in every culture. Tommy, what's your background? Oh, we have to get into that. That's my first story. <laughs> okay, so, no, no, okay. no, no. Alex mentioned that uh, the community here in Sudbury, I'm surrounded by Italian people, which I am right now. So, my family background is Greek. Well, so, so you have, to have this this ident this identical thing happening within the Greek community. Same thing. So, um, I'm surrounded by obviously grandparents, parents, Greek language all the time in the house. Yada yada yada. So, my first story from you, Diana. I'm not sure if you even remember me because. 
Alex, uh, a couple years ago, so first year class, the first, I'm not even sure what the course code was called, but it was well, a six first, credit class. My first year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Alex is like, take the class with me. It's, it's fun. Uh, Diane is awesome. It's pretty easy, pretty straightforward. So I get into class, whatever, and we're doing full on conversation in Italian. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I understand Greek, like everything about it, the conversations, but for speaking it, I can keep the the basis of the conversation but it's it's pretty hard to go to the extent of it um yeah yeah so so my grandparents get mad at me in that sense and um, I'm thinking about it I'm in this class and I'm like I'm gonna go home and tell my grandparents and my parents that I'm gonna learn the Italian like the verbs and everything about it before I even learn Greek this is gonna go over good so I go home I tell them all about this I, I love the class whatever and I'm I had to, I, I sat down in bed and I'm like, am I gonna drop this? Like, I, I feel like I'm gonna have to be in the play, and it's just not gonna go good. Not gonna go good at my parents and, and my grandparents. So it was Diana. Nothing against you. It was an awesome class, but I had I had to drop it because I was like, if I learn Italian before Greek, oof, I don't know if that's gonna go over well with my parents. Italian too, it, and Laurentian too. Just yeah, I know. It's classical Greek. It's not modern Greek. Yeah, I know. And I've tried Greek school when I was a kid, and then it was. The typical, you learn the words and how I to say tape. I went in the basement of my church. <laughs> yes, yes. So, no, no, that was just a little funny story. But the branch of the program, the Italian program is, um, I might mispronounce it. It's called La Maschere. Is that, is that what it is? La Maschere. La Maschere. So it's been around for 30 years. Yeah, uh, is, the play, is, the, is the play running this year? Because I know Alex has been practicing. Yes, uh, it's going this year. We didn't let Zoom stop us. We, we embraced Zoom. And it's Good. called it's called Zoomiamochi, which means let's zoom each other. Um, <laughs> and it, it takes place here. It's like this. Um, and so we've created five scenes that highlight the the, the our experiences with Zoom. So the 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 scene that Alex is in, uh, he plays a grandma because uh, he's great at capturing <laughs> old ladies. He's great at it. Uh, he embraces it and goes with it. And uh, he plays the grandma and his three granddaughters come to visit to come and pick up food. And he sends them to one of the five fr freezers he's got in the house. So it's, it's about the period of time where people were hoarding. Remember when we were all hoarding food during the- uh, during Toilet paper, the everything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, we have two hoarding scenes, but this one is making food and having your freezer packed. And these poor granddaughters go to five different freezers and can't find what he, she sends them to find. And oh. then it ultimately ends up in the kitchen, in, in, in the freezer, in the kitchen, because he'd forgotten. She'd forgotten that she'd brought it up. She'd, she had brought it up the night before. Yeah, that is all time. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be it's going to be a good one. It's funny. It's too bad we couldn't do it live. I love doing it. Uh, yeah, live. live you get that feedback from the audience. But this Nona has a freezer besides the one in the kitchen. She's got one in her laundry room. She's got an upright in her laundry room. Then she's got a chest one in her laundry room. And she has another chest one in her garage. Yeah. And then she has one in a crawl space. So there's five <laughs> in this house. All packed, all packed with food. What did you What did you do last year? Because you were like a paparazzi last year during the play. Yeah, well, we uh, last year's scene. Uh, so the, the story that happened um, was that we we really got our, our Italian uh, nonna mad. Um, and what happened was she, she left the, the house. She, she had left the place. And uh, turns out we had to get her pension papers signed. And if we didn't do it on a certain date, we wouldn't be able to get the pension. Nona would kill us. And Nona was gone. 
So what happened was the cousins decided, okay, well, we need to make someone the uh, – we got to dress someone up like Nona. We got to get this signed. So they dressed me up as uh, as uh, the Nona, and we went. We got the pension paper signed. I, I put on a whole – I was sick. You make sure you don't touch me, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it is funny. The timing is so ironic. So it was in February, February 2020, right before everything hit. So we come in live and I didn't even tell Deanna I was going to say this. This is when Corona just started. So you're go- I'm going in, I'm pretending that I'm sick so that the pension lady doesn't <laughs> see me and recognize that I'm not actually Nona. So I'm walking, I'm coughing everywhere, blah, blah, blah. I get up on the stage and I say, oh, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, she goes, oh, I shake your hand. I go, no, 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 take you. She goes, and then I go, I hope I no have no coronavirus. And the place went nuts. And uh, and then turns out legit a month later we're in we're in coronavirus. That is crazy. We, we performed till March first. We closed down on the tenth. Yeah. Barely got in. Barely got in. Yeah. Do you, uh, Diana? Next question I have for you: Do you see a career for Alex in acting? Because he's when I went natural. and watched him, he's a natural. He's a he's a natural, absolute natural. You have only a few that come along the way. Uh, in my 30 years, there's only been a couple, but uh, Alex is a natural. But the one thing about that I love about Alex is that he remembers his lines. The ones <laughs> in the past were great, but they were great because they had a really good command of Italian, really good command. Alex is learning it. Okay, yeah. he's heard it, but he's learning it. So he learns right. lines. Thank the Lord, because backstage we just die if when we we've had students in the past that are uh, just as good as Alex stage wise. But then they have a great uh, they have a great command of the language, so they'll they'll learn their first line and the last line, and everything in between is ad libbed, and that's really hard for whoever is acting with them. Right, extremely right. difficult. Whereas Alex will add things in, but he'll warn them, won't warn us backstage, but he'll warn his actors, <laughs> hey, do this, you know, because when he said that the made that made that come about coronavirus. The audience went crazy, but we were saying, oh, my God, Alex, that's so inappropriate. We have people <laughs> dying. You shouldn't be doing that. And yet the audience loved it. And here we are. Still in oh, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah, that was, that was too good. That was too good. I, I missed it. it it's uh, it's a lot of fun. The prepping the prepping is, is stressful because you want to get your lines down pat. You need to get your lines down pat. You don't want to make a fool out of yourself when you're out there. Um, but we, pra- like, we practice lots, and, and it's good. And then you build this kind of like team. It's almost like when you play sports, Tom. The, the team atmosphere, like those mm-hmm. three days when you're in the change room talking to everyone, getting makeup done. Obviously, you don't do that in sports, but you talk and everyone getting prepped practicing lines it, it, it was really cool atmosphere it was something different for me which i really liked it was a it was a cool team atmosphere. Of camaraderie that you would have with a sports team absolutely yeah um you create a little family and those tend to be the best experiences that you have when you leave a university right. is the ones that you've done with other people and they become lifelong friends Exactly. And yeah, I got, and I got, I, it took a lot of convincing the first time around for me to join in. And ever since I've been uh, wanting to do it, which I really enjoyed. I want to ask you, Deanna, wh- how did this all start the mask today? Like, did, was this something you were supposed to do as part of your portfolio or? Oh, no, no. The way it was when, when we first started way back in 92, we used to have an Italian week around we used to have a, a week dedicated to everything Italian. People would, we had people from the community to do lectures. We'd do movie nights, that kind of stuff. Oh. And we thought we would do a reading 
just a reading, not even a play, just a reading of uh, Carlo Goldoni's Il Teatro Comico. We had students uh, in costume. We made, with paper mache, we made the costumes because they were uh, Comedia dell'arte um, characters and they dressed up for them, but they just did a reading. And then we thought after that, why not do a stage production? So we started from there. We've Bill was a student, you know, Bill Sanders yep. was a student then. And so he helped us with the set design. He would build it for us. So he's been with us since the beginning. Um, and so he helped us along with the technical component because we come only with the language. And then Christine joined us 10 years ago and she heard her area of expertise is theater. So she brought that expertise to it. But Paul and I just came at it for linguistics reasons that we wanted to. And when students go to the stage, even shy students, like I know I had to pull you by your ears the first year, come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do that with everybody. I know oh, that yeah. you do it linguistically, so let me drag you. Um, <laughs> uh, and they do, but then you're, you become a different person. When you go on stage, you put that, ma that pretend mask on and you're not that person anymore. You become a different person. Yeah. And the shyest person really comes out of their shell. It's a great way to learn a language because you're not yourself. So you're not worried about making a fool of yourself because you're, you're somebody else. Right, right, and, right, and that's a, the a, that's a great uh, a learning tool for a student uh, when they go. And if you want to go out to the world and you need to make presentations, gosh, you're going to go on a stage. You're going to perform in front of 500 people. So it's a great tool to learn, just to learn in life. Forget about learning another language. Right, big. And you mentioned Christine right before you get Tom. I just want to give a shout out to Christine Santoloni. She's an unbelievable person too. She she someone not from Sudbury that came here. She has embodied everything about the Italian Sudbury community. She's a part of the Crucial Club um, board. She's an amazing person. So just want to shout her out before Tom. You get into your question. Yeah, perfect. Um, so we mentioned a little bit before, Diana, how many hours would you say it takes to prep the play from like start to finish? Because I assume it's very time consuming. Um, we're doing right now five hours a week of rehearsal. Okay. Five hours a week. Um, the way we usually do it, Christine and I kind of figure out what we're going to do over the summer um, because we don't write in advance. We write okay. when students come to school. Right. Uh, we, we, don't, we have an idea of what we're going to do, uh, but then we have a cast call right away. Uh, first, second, we have school. We know how many people are going to be in the play, and then we know their linguistic capabilities. Because you need someone okay. who speaks Italian very well, and then we need people who don't. We need both. So that way we can bring in our first-year students, and the students who are graduating can get bigger roles, and you know, because they've moved up through the ranks too. Um, and then we write all of September, usually till about mid-November we write. And then we start rehearsals. Um, this year it was a little bit different because we've been doing it on Zoom. But uh, this is why we we in, we started a course where students can get credit for it. So Alex couldn't do it this year, but last year he was in my class. Loved it. Mm -hmm. and, and he took uh, he took a three credit course and got credit for being on the stage. Mm -hmm. So at least they're getting that. So and if they don't, in the case that this year Alex couldn't fit it into his course, his he'll get a practicum component in his other Italian course. He'll get Okay, it. gotcha. Uh, so this way, the students are at least getting something out of it, besides the linguistic and the personal benefit they get of it, but they're also getting graded for it. So they get marks okay. for it. Yeah. yeah. You give Alex all C's in the class. Alex is a great student. A plus, baby. <laughs> uh, I know he's a great student. I know he's a great student. But it's easy to have a class full of Alexes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's just entertained. Oh, yeah. You know it. <laughs> you, did you know that I taught Alex's mom? No. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Full circle. Yep. I, I did not know that. Mom. Yep. 
Yeah, mom, my mom lo loved you and, and loved Paul too. She she said uh, out of any prof she had on the ranch, Paul Khalili was her favorite prof. No one, she said, he was so engaging, such a great person. So I want to plug that in there. Yeah, mom loved the program. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's move on here. Let's talk about the recent news, Deanna. We got recent news about Laurentian um, and the Italian program. So what? What's what? Where are we at right now? Well, we don't know. The Laurentian got its um, it got its protection from the government. That's all we know. Uh, so that so that means that they can uh, continue to pay everybody and keep the creditors at bay till the end of April. So we have they have till the end of April to restructure. And our fear is that restructuring means closing. So that means that they can close programs, they can fire people, they don't respect tenure. Uh, everything's up for grabs. Doesn't matter how big your program is, doesn't matter how small your program is, how important you think you are, it doesn't matter. So we're just trying to show We've started a letter writing campaign. Uh, I'm getting in touch with all my former students through social media. Thank God for social media. Mm -hmm. um, and asking them to write, to inundate our president, our vice president, the, the mediator who's going to be mediate, the judge who's mediating this, uh, to show the importance of Italian. Doesn't matter that we're small, but we're mighty. Uh, we offer a full program. Students can still can, even though we're a small program with the cycling of courses, they can still go to grad school, which is a big deal. Oh yeah. Um, or they can go off into other other programs, uh, whether it's college or other post-secondary institutions. And we feed other programs at the university. So we have cross-listed courses with music. We have them with cinema studies. Christine and I are both members of the MA in humanities and the PhD in human sciences. So we don't just service Italian. We service all of the arts. But the problem is, is the arts are the ones that are always going to be the most vulnerable. Yeah, I, I, um, I agree. So this is this is what our fear is. So if we can just inundate that the, our administration with letters supporting us then maybe they may think about uh about when they cut just not to make easy cuts but to make strategic cuts absolutely um and how many languages does laurentian offer right now right now oh english well we don't have english courses because the english department is a literature program but there's french French first language, French second language, and then there's there's Italian and there's Spanish. We only have a minor in Spanish, but we offer Spanish. Mm -hmm. And then there's uh, Indigenous studies. There's Cree mm -hmm. and um, and a Shnibwan, uh, mm -hmm. and then there's Latin and Greek, but they're the classical languages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, gotcha. Right, and and I like uh, first off, like the Italian program is always getting an influx of students. Like when we walked into our first year, first year intro to Italian, there was at least 30 kids in that class. Like there. I, have I have 35 this year and Teresa in the other section has 24. Exactly. So right. So really, really, really good. And, and in a year where it's extremely difficult to teach a language yeah. in this format, um, right. because uh, it, with a language, at least the way I like to teach a language, you're not speaking it. You want to feel it. You want to touch it. You want to smell it. You want to live it. Oh and yeah. That's, that's the one thing I miss with uh, the zoom is uh, not having contact with my students. Mm -hmm. uh, so trying to be a little bit inventive with, especially when I can't fit everybody on a screen. Yeah. Uh, I can't make everybody turn on their camera. Uh, those are my limitations. Otherwise I've, I've got a <laughs> fabulous group of students and I've got four or five in the play who are in my class. 
Mm-hmm. A couple of them are in your scene. Yes. Yeah. Are in your scene, mm-hmm. Alex, that are in my, in my first year class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So there, there is an interest for, and, and I think language is a, such an, an important program. It's such a important skill to have. Mean bilingual is such a, a good asset and trait to have when you're going Absolutely. into Absolutely. And yeah, we have to remember as university, as a university, we have to decide, are we going to produce students that are just going to live and breathe in Northern Ontario? Or are we going to produce students who are going to become citizens of the world? Uh, because if you want them to be citizens of the world, they need to be fluent in those languages and cultures of the world, or at least be sensitive to them. You know, and um, in my in my, in my my discipline, Italian is incre- incredibly important for Ontario. Mm-hmm. When you go south of French River, Italian is a very important mm, language. Yes. As Portuguese, as is Greek. They're yeah. all really important when you get in the Southern Ontario area. Huge communities. Huge. Mm-hmm. True. So those are important languages to, to, to service. I, I I really like that line. I like that take. That, that that's great. You know, uh, we're not we're making citizens of the world. I like that. That's that was a really good line. Well, we complain as as Canadians. We complain our university system is very different from let's say the United States. Okay, yeah. everybody complains. Oh, the Americans are everywhere. The Americans are everywhere. But Americans put a lot of stock in that junior year abroad. Right. As you know, my daughter is in, in, in university in the States and junior year abroad was mandatory for her. Mm-hmm. She didn't have a choice. They have to go and we have to find a way to get them there. But they have the campuses there or they have connections. We have them too, Laurentian, but we don't push it. Right. You know, we have two international programs with Italian. You can go study at Udina, you can do your third year there, or you can go to Siena. Um, and we've had many students that do it, but not enough students do it. So if we want students, our students to really be citizens of the world where they understand the world and they're going to go there. So I went to Laurentian. Um, we have to prepare them for that. And you can only prepare them with the blinders off. Right. Meaning that we're preparing them for a full world, whether right. they're going to go to Europe or they're going to go to Latin America, or they're going to go to the Middle East. We have to be prepared for that. Right. Absolutely. I love that. Um, and, and one thing for the listeners here, uh, Deanna, what can we do to help support the program? What can we do? Um, and what can fans listening do here to help the Italian program at Valencia? Oh, gosh, if you can help us bombard, bombard our administrators with letters, I'll send you the letter. We, we asked our community partners to help us. And they asked us, can you please, uh, they said, well, we'll do it, no problem. Can you please send us a letter saying everything that you guys do at Laurentian? So I did that. So I can send you that, Alex. Absolutely, and, yeah. Uh, you guys want to send it to, and there's the addresses of our senior administrators, along with uh, Sean Dunphy, the uh, mediator, uh, all their contacts are there. So if we can flood them with emails, we've already had Jerry Law, he'd send one, uh, or community out there is supporting us, Rick Barlucci's supporting us. We're trying, um, the Zulich family, but then we talk, awesome. we, uh, they all walk through my classroom. Oh yeah. Margarini's, the Zuliches, they've all been my students. So now I can go to them and say, hey, can you help us now? You know, um, and so we've been very, I'm ex- extreme, I'm extremely pleased at the outpouring that we've received. So Good. the more help get from students, lo- students who are in class now, um, that would be great. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely uh, blow it up on our Instagram and uh, and help you any way we can, for sure, because we, we really love the program and we'll support it any way we can. Um, OK, let's go into our fast five here, Deanna. So five rapid fire questions. <laughs> Whatever comes first to your head, say it and uh, and we'll go from there. Nothing controversial. We'll we'll uh, we'll let it rip. OK, OK, <laughs> your favorite. <laughs> 
your favorite singer? English or Italian? Let's we'll do an English and we'll do an Italian. Oh, English, Elton John. Oh, I like it. Okay, in Italian. Italian, Claudio Baglioni. Okay, favorite non-Italian place to travel to? Non-Italian. Oh, Vermont. Ah, I taught there for so many years, so many summers. Paul and I taught there. Uh, it's one of my favorite places in the world. Okay, I like it. Um, your favorite Italiese word? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that one a lot. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, please. <laughs> um, the, uh, your favorite play that you wrote? Oh, my. They're all great. Um, I would have to say for sentimental reasons, the two that I wrote with Paul and Christine. Uh, we wrote uh, La Sala Verde and um, Divorcio la Canadese together with Paul, the three of us. But then I wrote one. I, got, I had the pleasure of writing one with Paul, and that was Il Tempo Vola. That's the one where we did time travel. Awesome. Uh, like Bill and Bob and Ted's Excellent Adventure, is that the right name of the movie? Yeah. Uh, where we were back in time and we met Dante and we met uh, Michelangelo and things like that. I had cool. real fun writing that one. I like that. And last but not least, your favorite Sudbury restaurant. Oh, that's not fair. Uh, there are so many. Um, oh my gosh. Family restaurant? Probably I would have to say the Caruso because yep. my family, everybody eats there. Um, favorite place I go to with my girlfriends is Tony B's. Yeah. Um, and then, oh God, it would be a real toss up. I love uh, Bella Vita Cucina, but I mm -hmm. also love Verdicchio's. And I like to go to Pasta Vino. It just depends on the, on the occasion. Right. Um, and then the pizza is great at the Supper Club downtown. Cool. Okay. Uh, uh, I can't think of any other ones. Because uh, we've tried to take our turns uh, supporting them all over the pandemic. So yeah. I don't know. But then I love uh, Ichibang downtown, too. But you said Italian, so. <laughs> Love it. Okay, awesome. Um, all right, so that's going to do it, Deanna. Um, thank you for coming on on the podcast, uh, sharing the message. We're, we're really happy to have you on. This was fun, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely have you on again. Now. Um, so if you have anything else you'd like to say, go for it now. No, thank you so, so much. Uh, thank you for having me. I didn't think we could fit Italian culture in with sports, but you did a good job. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, anything we can do to help uh, Northern Ontario based, we're, we're here for it. Um, so absolutely. Tom, you have anything, buddy? Yeah, just based on that one story I said at the start, even though I was in your class, Diana, for a whole hour and a half, I'll make sure to get the word out to fill these letters out because the Italian program is here to stay. And I know and I, and I know it will. So. Oh, I'll do my, we'll, we'll make sure to get it out, eh, Alex? So. For sure. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. No For sure. All right. Thank you. Okay. So that was it. Um, we'll continue the conversation, um, Tom. So, yeah, it's, it's a good point. But I think the problem is, is you're having profs. There's profs that aren't teaching a lot of kids. And you're having too many profs along small programs which i think is is the biggest problem um in terms of revenue and and lu's got till april 30th so they got to make some moves i don't know mac are you in any school right now i am i got a couple classes uh i'm planning on taking two or three until i go to university from algoma okay i'll go with you baby yeah. i like it school yeah. guy school guy yeah yeah, yeah. I'll take do you that have any take on this one uh yeah i'm familiar with the topic um there's a lot of people from the sioux actually that are uh that go to laurentian 
Um, actually, my girlfriend's program at Sioux College is the Laurentian program. It's nursing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, like I, I've gotten the rundown from them a couple of times. And they're pretty worried, like you said, like they're pretty unpredictable. They don't know um, where they're going to put their money going forward in the next two months, I think you said, or three, yeah. whatever it is. Um, and then Tom, like you said about the hockey team, that that's scary too. Like if I was Brett, I, I'd uh, I'd be pretty bummed out to be even hearing those rumors because you know obviously yeah. you want to play, right? So yeah. um, the whole money thing, like you guys know, money drives the world. It's the biggest issue. Like we're seeing that like crazy this year. Yep, big probably time. a big reason why I'm not playing hockey in the OHL right now. So that's true. Uh, yeah, that that would be too bad if it, if they see that leave. But at the end of the day, something's gonna have to go by the sound of it, and um a group of people is going to be upset and uh, who knows who it is but it's can't a tough make situation everyone happy. school yeah, yeah exactly never can. exactly i Alex. you know when you're 321 million dollars in the hole you got to do and something. and that's another thing we've heard so many numbers of what it actually the total is like 100 200 300 321 is that what you just said yeah that's like that's i've never heard of that one that's yeah, how okay. much they're in the hole. yeah that that's how much they're in the hole it's it's okay. scary we're My trying to for you. Yeah. No, I want to, I want your takes on this. Do you think we'll be able to graduate on time from this? Or do you think we're maybe going on strike come September and have to graduate a month later or whatever? Talking to me? No, I'm talking to Chim. Yeah. You're talking to me? Okay. Yeah. I thought you said Sorry. No, um, Sim, Sim, Sim. It's your turn. Sim. Yeah, Sim. Come on. Yeah. We'll have to, on, we'll Sim. have to clarify that after. Come um, on, Sim. It's 11. I know it's late. Come on. Buddy. Tom, uh, good question. I don't think so. Um, okay. th- there will be, there will be pushback, but you have to get the school year done in, in whatever time you can't delay a school. We can't finish in August. We can't finish in May. There's contracts in place. There's no way that's going to happen. I'll tell you, I'm not doing school in, in uh, August in the dog days of summer. I'm playing golf. I'll tell you that for free. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. Let's uh, hope for the best. We were trying to recruit Whaler to LU hockey. No chance he's coming now. Um, he might be on a PTO after this year with catch. If he goes on a heater though for 24 games, <laughs> <laughs> he's uh he's a year older than K and then R. He's, o- right he's an over he's an overage overage this year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mm-hmm. was uh, Whaler as a teammate. Yeah. Oh, awesome, that was... awesome guy. I know uh you guys talked to him a little bit there, but um probably being on a Zoom call with him didn't do him justice. But uh, <laughs> he could be a little shy at the start, but once you get to know him, like boy, like what a teammate that guy is. Um, funny guy to be around spent a lot of a lot of time with him and our rookie group my first year and it was about probably the best year I've had like uh, as far as just being in a hotel room with a certain group of guys and being scratched and that whole deal so great guy you know you got to listen to this so I always hear from Brett they have a Sue Greyhounds group chat it's McKay Whaler and I think Joel Carroll and just Brett okay listen to this one Isn't day, the, Chim, qua- I, the quadriceps. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the one, Chim, you know, the one day I was with Brett, they didn't even want to snap each other like photos of what their conversation were. They were sending videos of what they were saying <laughs> instead of like a snap text picture. It was a video. I was in stitches. It's so uh, funny. Like, every time I'm with Brett, they're like, "Look at these idiots," and he's reading me the chat. I'm like, "What a time it would be to play with those guys!" Like, I feel like it's just hilarious. Yeah. No, Carol's was another group. character, Chim. We have to get him on. Yeah, he, he was shy from the, the behind-the-bench hockey pool. That's how we yeah, got Yeah, you probably guys. have to dig in a little bit there. But same thing, like, once you get once you get him uh, opened up and talking, like, wow, they're awesome guys. 
We got to get your boys down for some golf. That'd be hilarious. Oh my yeah, god, yeah. And, yeah. and a full interview. We haven't. Really yeah, we'll do that for sure. Their, uh, their uh their careers. Okay, let's let's get into the hockey pool here. Um, all right, updated scores, week four. Give gonna, it to me. We're gonna skip over my match. I'm I'm a one four. I'm whoa, 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 no, whoa, no. whoa, whoa, whoa. I got whoa. spanked by Tom. It was terrible. Thank you. There it is. Terrible. Okay. Uh Mason beat Evan, no surprise. McKay beats the average Joes. Um big double. Oh shit. That's a good and win. There's a I'm I'm pretty sure there's a, a funny story from there from Anthony's. We'll have to talk about that. Jackson just beat Jacko by two points. Greener well, listen to this. Four and Greener's 4-0, and uh, Polly beats the GG. So there's three teams at 0-4. Um, That's my later GG's. GG's, Meg. Good game, Meg. Yeah. Um, take this, and Brett loses by, what, two points? He was texting me how pissed he was. He We made a trade earlier in the week for Pacioretty and Braden Shen. He went and got his dog Friday from Barry, and he didn't set his lineup, and Braden Shen had one and one. or And he had eight points. He would have obviously won if he had him in. He's like, I'm blaming on the dog, blah, blah, blah. But, hey, Brad, you're going to listen to this. I'm blaming on you because that's bad management. Yeah. There you go. Um, Yeah, my team is a disaster. I need need someone to take over. You might have to do a naked mile. I I should beat Ev. I hope I play Ev soon. I'm already in tough with Brad. I think I'm already going to lose the week. And it's it's Monday. It's Monday. I already think I'm losing. Um, What's this uh, story? So McKay, so McKay beat Zilio, but what happened? Zilio, from what he told me, he didn't get his goalie starts in. Oh. So he had he had two goalies, and he had enough points with those two starts to win. But since he didn't you start need all three, three goaltenders, three starts, you don't earn the points. So he ends up losing and. To make to, to make matters worth worse, he dropped Jari for De Smith. Jari started the game over <laughs> De Smith and won over the Caps. Unbelievable! Oh, oh Unbelievable. I don't I, I don't remember that being the case. I was checking the score uh, all week, and if we're making excuses, I actually wrote this down on my phone when you guys told me that thing. Okay, this is what I've been dealing with the last couple of weeks in my team. And I'm saying this because, Tom, I think it was your brother a couple weeks ago before the season started, gave the, the breakdown of the teams and yes. where he thought they all fit. Yes. So first, I want to point out my position in the division. Chim, first, if I'm wrong, right? <laughs> right? First, yeah. yeah. Okay. With being first, I got Kuznetsov, COVID, two weeks, done. Okay? No points. That's my second-round pick right there. Eichel, first-round pick, COVID, oh, didn't play. Oh, my God. Didn't play. All of the Vegas guys, I got Stone. Uh, who do I got? Uh, Stone and Tuck, who've been pretty dynamite all year. COVID, yeah. same the Brinket, also COVID. So, and I still squeaked out that win. Unbelievable. So let's talk about that. Tell your brother. Tell your brother. Oh, I'll tell him. He's sleeping right now. Who else do you got? I, I tried to uh, weasel a trade out of McKay, and it was hilarious. Yeah, we, were no, sending text. No we were sending texts back and forth. <laughs> I love just sending uh, McKay and Wheeler trades late at night, and I just get their reactions on text. It's hilarious. Let me go take a look at it. Who the hell did you have to win, then, without those guys? Uh, let's see. I'll take a look. I know who had, who had me a good week. Radulov's uh, out, too. Radulov's yeah. out for you as well. Jesus. Yeah, um, Backstrom well, has been. Can we talk about your 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 decor? Oh my god! Mm, I know. And Edmund look at my Shabbat. goalie, Gibson. Gibson was a sleeper pick. I, if you can, he, he's uh, a stud. 
go rewatch the tape of the draft. And I think someone called me out on Gibson. I think Tom, it might have been you saying he was classic overrated. Tom move. Yeah, classic, just like passion <laughs> actor. <laughs> oh my god, we have to check the tape. Oh, I have to go back and like. I just yeah, wanted might to get be some excited. I, I wanted to get some excitement from the pod. You got but, it, uh, Alex. I'm sorry for your. I'm sorry for your L. I. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm over it. I don't want to win my own league anyway. So okay, that's I'm, that. I'm that was my saying when I started well, off. And now I'm taking like, the corporate line. Okay. okay. Um, but w- what the good the good thing is there's three teams that are one four. My division is not very good. Um, Whalers one in three. So. And and Zill's two and two, so it's not bad. I can still climb my way out of it. Um, my, I just gotta start making some bigger moves and my make some dad trades. Absolutely loves this. What's going on? What we did with fantasy firm, <laughs> Alex. He sometimes switches the channel to the sports package that we got to like a random Vegas, LA game. By the way, you criticized me for picking up Dustin Brown, who I dropped a week later. He's got sixty-five fan points. Okay, this guy's having a great start to the year. He'll you scream like at like twelve thirty. When everyone's sleeping, like, yeah, Dustin Brown score, like freaking out. I'm like, oh, did you put money on him? Because he gambles a little bit too, but not as much as me, obviously. But he's like, no, I have him in fantasy. I'm like, you care that much about a goal? Alex, that's the dedication you need. Okay. Yeah, you, you got to love it. You got to love it. That's a grind. That's a grind. Like he's um, having he's having afternoon naps with his phone on his gut, like still on the app, man. Like refreshing. That's so, unreal. I'm just I looking right it. now. I got more points for than than Whaler too. Oh god, I got to figure. Talk about a bad manager. Oh, oh my god, trade? he got fleeced. He can got we get fleeced. your thoughts on that one? Lion is killing it now. We oh got a fight thoughts, the other day. I was all worried that he was going to get dropped or uh, not dropped. He got benched, but I was all worried that he wasn't going to play as much because of torts. And then he's he's fighting. I, he's playing first line. I picked up Atkinson too. Oh my god, that line's like mm-hmm. heating up right now. I was arguing with him too, like when. Uh, he screenshot it and sent it into that group chat that you guys were talking about earlier. Yeah. And he thought it was the best trade in the world. Like he, he needed a goalie. He was trying to be this big manager or whatever. And he was saying, like you said, line, could couldn't play five on five. And we pretty much all told him that he's an idiot and look at, look what's happening now. So <laughs> since I've got him, he's gotten me six points in six games. So, and, and How Dubois, many other goals? Dubois hasn't done Three much. Well, he's hurt now. He yeah. he got back and now he's hurt. And I'm I'm still winning games without I think I picked him in the third round. But uh McKay, he trades me line and he wanted a goalie, but uh Talbot hasn't played yet for Minnesota. <laughs> Cause they're on COVID. So. He thought he was the best manager in the world. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Poor Whaler, that's a tough one. That's Alex, a tough what's one your me. what's your goalie situation right now? Because I know you wanted one. What do you like? Um, well, let me tell you who I have right now. I've been just dropping, adding, dropping, adding. Um, you notice that I'm trying to linger this episode on it because I just don't want to hang up and look at Twitter and see the Leafs just I got uh get destroyed. Katahat, who's been out with COVID, that killed me. Um, I got uh Odinger from uh Dallas, I oh. picked him up for a start, and uh Merz Linkus, which I hope he starts playing a little bit more. But I've been trying to make trades. No one wants to make trades. I'm trying to I want I want to get rid of players. Greener uh tried to like fleece me for he wanted O'Reilly Point and Petrangelo for Suzuki Ristolainen and Halibar. It's like dude, like listen, I, I know I'm in the dumps, 
but I, I'm not selling my whole team for Hallibuck like that. So we're going to have to see. I've been in talk to the GGs. Let's hope uh, some comes out of it. But uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's move on, boys. Insta Q&A. Uh, let me pull up the questions here from our friends at Mayu Performance. Check them out at www.mayuperformance.com for any of your mining and healthcare needs. You can hit up Nikki or Mikey. Uh, they're great people at what they do. Let's go. Uh, to the questions here. Brett Jack, and we'll start off with Brett Jack, and asks, what is the go-to gas station snack? Send it over to Tom. What made him think of that? Go-to gas station snack. I was a big, big Cheetos guy when I stopped. Uh, this is back to my playing days now. I usually pick up Cheetos in a Gatorade, but uh, I don't really stop. Like, now when I'm gassing up like i usually get a car washing up and like nothing really a snack maybe a pack of gum when i if i need it for my car but if i stopped on the road i would definitely get a good bag of chips or something like a cheetos or a miss vicky so that's my go-to all right mickey uh depends the situation before or after the game before probably keep it light with a pack of gum and a gatorade <laughs> or something like that but and then also depending how i played I, I might treat myself with a bag of chips and I'm definitely a chips over candy guy. Yes. Go to a gas station. And then maybe throwing a pop there if we're feeling uh There you go. If you're feeling good, if you got a couple couple goals that night. Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Uh for me, um, it depends. I'm a big Maynards guy. Anything fuzzy peaches, sour patch. See, the thing is that's a great answer because you know Sweet you face. see you see the questions. I have no idea what's coming at me. I love it. Good answer, go. Al. Stock. Okay, uh, let's move on. Um, we'll go to Connor Solvey asks uh, the gold Vegas. I think he was hammered when he sent this in the, the gold Vegas helmet. Golden Knights buckets. What's the take on it, fellas? So, what do we think about those gold buckets? McKay, you go first. I love them, honestly. Um, when their AHL club just they debuted them, kind of right with yeah. the silver, but. Um, I was watching a game last night and they were wearing their gold alternates and I thought they should have been wearing the gold helmets with them too. Like I, I think it's awesome. It, it's a different look for sure. It's going to take some getting used to, but I, I like it. It's bold. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm agreeing with them. I only, mean, only a place like Vegas, I think can pull that off. Oh yeah. That's well opinion. said, very well said anywhere else. I don't think so. Yeah, but, and just just because their name though, they're the Vegas Golden Knights, like they're Golden Knights, and it just it just fits. They're they're they sh- like it's it's nuts. I've never seen anything like it. But again, like they're a wagon. They look good. Yeah, they're good. They're good. Um, okay, let's move on here, boys. Let's go. To... There's one question that you've been hyping up that I didn't want to. Yeah, answer. we'll see. One, there's it'll, it'll come after this. Um, Austin Benj asks, and we'll have to get Savage take on this. He's proposing a new match here, Tom. Another match. How many strokes are the step rows giving the co-hosts to see the match go past end? So me, you versus McCullough and uh, and Mason. I think that'd be a joke. Like they'd wax us. I think if we get strokes, it's game over. If we got strokes, yes. Yeah, for sure. I think we'd I, vibe. I think we'd be a good team. I would just argue without strokes and see how we do the first time. 
You got you got to see McCullough though. McCullough when he gets him. in his I've own. I've seen him. I've seen when him. he gets in his own, he's like a three handicap. I've seen him in that man rocket swing on a golf club. Jesus yeah. Christ, your Watch knees will him. be in shambles out watching him. But if we get, um, we just got to take him to eighteen, and then it's because Mace can't survive on eighteen. Why did I think that Benj was gonna say he wanted to get in the match? We get he'd be a good content piece too. That he's game. I really hope he listens to this because I, I, I love starting this topic with him. Is that he always says to my brother and that is and his friends that he's a four handicap and Benj love you dearly, but every round I've played with you, you've been like high 80s. So I don't think he's a four handicap, but uh, love you, Benj, if you're listening. Yeah, good. That's a good take, Tom. Okay, <laughs> we'll we'll and we'll send it, we'll get Mace's uh thoughts here too. Okay, let's right. move on. Um. Demis Vlahos asked this. I just remembered Ooh. that he sent it to me in a DM, though, uh, because I, I, I don't know, him, technology, I don't know what's going on. No, because I think he asked us one before on the page because we get, like, what, a million people asking us that we not, never not answered. Not that many, but... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Would you rather play... This is a good question. Would you rather play a round at the Idlewild with your choice of three PGA players, so, like, Tiger, Ricky, DJ, yeah. or... Play yeah. around at Augusta with three of your buddies. We've we've had this conversation frequently in this Flowers household. You know what? You can't beat playing with your three best friends at Augusta. That's that is my answer. As much as I'd love to see what Tiger would do on ten, and if he would go for it, obviously, like and Recky and Jordan, like a couple of my favorites there, but. You can't beat a one in a lifetime opportunity to play Augusta to hit in those fairways out. I think you can agree with me. I'm not sure what McKay's thoughts are, but that's yeah, uh, that's my it. answer. Yeah, I'd probably be the same. Augusta speaks for itself, right? Masters, everything about it. Um, oh, exactly. Are you a big golf guy, McKay? Yeah, I I've been golfing pretty much my whole life. Like my my dad, brother, um, uncle, every everyone. Like we. What's we what's golf, uh so. what's your handicap? Do you keep up with that? rather not say my best, <laughs> i'm uh consistently low 90s good day i'll get 85 to 90 well, that's whatever that's fine. yeah that's, that's like chim like yeah I, I was like that uh, i was like that 2019 i like to say i'm better than brett though oh, oh yeah brett i gotta tell you a story about that oh yeah he's yeah. a big nike foot wedge guy Huge oh my nike god wedge guy. Let's, so, let, let's let's hear it do you guys know the golf course Crimson Ridge in the Sioux? No, yeah. I heard it's beautiful. I heard, I heard it's uh, beautiful. Yeah, very nice course. Anyways, so we go. It's me, Whaler, Brett. Uh, I can't remember who the, the fourth was, but um, <laughs> we go a second hole. Brett's talking up a big game. He parred the first, like we all bogeyed, whatever. He's feeling nice, um, so he crushes his drive. It's a par five, dog, like right down a hill. Crushes his drive. If you hit it right, you can honestly hit it. This thing, three fifty and. 100 outside to, to go for eagle so um so he crushes it and we all know it's down there like down the hill he'll be in good position to get an eagle here and he's like fuck bad ball flight boys <laughs> and we're all like i've oh, never heard God. anybody talk about their ball flight in the world ever and this guy comes out here crushes one down the middle and is complaining about the ball flight so we're all giving it to him whatever we're all over the place so this guy gets over there 100 out and second shot in a par five over <laughs> into the bush over the green Duff's one. he might have went in the bunker there too but uh he finished with a triple oh, on that there's one. there's oh. your karma for complaining about yeah. your ball flight that guy oh. hits it like 
20 years to the moon. Like that guy hits it so high. Um, and Jimena, what are you, what are your thoughts on his pause before he hits the ball? I don't know if he did it with you boys in the suit. He, I he think was, he just started doing that. Jim, he was to be getting honest. real bad for it. And like, I've called him out on it. He'll stand over his driver for like, you, you could put a timer on. I, I'd say you get close to 20 seconds. And but and those 20 seconds feel like a year. Him just standing there over the ball. And I'm like, dude, why don't you like, especially when he's in a bad day and he's not hitting his driver. I'm like, why don't you just not think about it? Just step up and hit the ball. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, man, like it's just my routine. You know, it's like, or he'll tell me it's the best. When exactly you say ball play, he's like, Dude, like I'm hitting this nice like baby draw, baby hook right now. It's so good. And he goes out and hits like these 20 yard slices. And it's like, man, shut up, dude. Like, just hit the ball. Just hit the ball. Oh. But when he does get a hold of it, it's 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 scary. Even like his hockey shot, like the guy's just got cinder blocks of hand and just like hammers a golf ball and rips a puck like the, the kid's nuts. Um, he, he probably yeah. looks uh, pretty good on the golf course too, eh? That guy's style. Style's good, especially yeah. with him working out Lulu. Watch and that's out. one thing you can and, never call him on. No, yeah, exactly. And his, and his short shorts right up his ass. Exactly, there, right? <laughs> especially when he's got the short. If he's wearing pants, they're up to his knees. If he's wearing shorts, it's a thong. Um, with that, <laughs> with old Jacko. Um, okay, let's move on. Last question here, um, <laughs> Tom. You like this one? Yeah, who's uh, it from? Let's see. Oh, it's I mean, from my dad. For... It's from my dad. Yeah. He's oh. been dying about this one. He's been prepping about this one. Okay. And he had a good chuckle when he sent it in. At first, he DM'd it to me. I'm like, no, no, you got, you got to actually put it in. So he writes, "Is it, he goes? I've heard this. He goes, is it true Tom won't get married until the Leafs win the cup? Is it, I just want to hear, <laughs> hear you take Tom. <laughs> 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 I definitely thought it was going to put me in a good mood good job uh, with Chuck Woody. Um, I definitely thought it was going to be something Boston related that they blew the lead to them or something or how Boston's stupid organization runs five forwards on a power play. Um, oh, my God. Good question, though. Like, obviously not. Like, we, like, so you're saying it, the it, Leafs aren't going to win? Like, when, when's your ideal? Like, the Leafs aren't going to win till you what, you're 40? No, you probably want to like, be married before then. You're right, but it's actually tough because there's not an answer to this. Because if they win, let's say this year, I'm not getting you get married. On, this you're getting year. on one knee. No, well, <laughs> depends how much alcohol I get into. Listen, if the I'll tell you right now, if the Leafs win a cup, we're filming the podcast tonight. If the Leafs win a cup like soon, like it's a magical year for you, Tom. Like, it's a magical oh. year. You're talking magical for me? I am – listen, they're like – we can call them contenders, Alex. I'm not sure if they are, okay, with, with their firepower, whatever. They're due eventually they're in the – they're due in a three- to five-year window, okay? My dad, who's been alive for 50 uh, – he's going to get mad at me for not knowing his age. I think 54 years old, okay, has not seen him win. Can you imagine me at 54 but have not seen the Leafs win yet? It'd be, it'd be hard. McKay, are you a Leafs fan? I am. Oh my god! Well, now he's with the Marlies. It fits perfectly. We're to, yeah. He's gonna get a no he's gonna Leafs jersey on in about a year, and we're to have there you like, go. we're to have uh, what's his name, the Ron McLean do a, a Cole McCain a Leafs jersey like they all do with Tavares and Simmons and all those guys. But <laughs> pajama uh, what? <laughs> good question though. How does he even think of that? You're not yeah, the smartest. I was, yeah, him. I was dying. I was Honestly, dying when he said I that. I don't know. Like, like, here's another topic though. Like, when do you think? 
you're going to get married, Alex. Like, and McKay can answer this too because I know he has a girlfriend. Like well, that's 26, tough. 27 it, it, a window that's because probably ideal. You, you you hear it from the grandparents. Do the Leafs I got, win I by your twenty? 20- I I got married at seventeen. I'm like holy shit. Like, <laughs> do, do the Leafs win by twenty twenty six, twenty twenty seven? I, I is, sure is Matthews an Arizona Coyote by twenty twenty seven? That's another debate. I mean, you know he's my favorite player. I can't I can't see him leaving. What do you end. do? But what would you do if if Matthews left? It's. It, it, well, nothing will change. I'm still a Leafs fan, but I'm still a Austin Matthew fan. You can still right. cheer for an individual if he's not on your team. We had this debate with Steph Curry. We had the same debate as with Steph Curry. It's going to be hard to cheer against Arizona, though, because my favorite player is on that team if he goes there. But it does I think, scare I think he me. he finds his way at, it, at some point in his career. It does yeah. scare me that Shane Doan is now in a management position, and he groomed Austin Matthews in Arizona. So... That is good point. The only worry I have. Well, we'll see. We'll see what Dubas has up his sleeves. We'll see what you never answered me. What age, Al? Were you going? Well, I said probably the 26, 27. Scary. Scary. It's scary. My brother. We'll see if the Leafs win. My brother is a year away. Imagine that. There you go. Could you imagine? Um, Okay. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. Um, it's been another, uh, quite the episode, double header for everyone. Uh, let's think, do we have anything to shout out? Let's shout out silver cross, uh, major performance. Um, thank you to Sarah guy for coming on the pod. Awesome. We're going to be ruined at the Scotties, uh, put some updates there. Deanna, thank you again for coming on. Hope everything goes well there at LU. Um, I think that's, that's it. Uh, of course, our special guest, uh, Cole McKay. Thanks for coming on, but any last words? Oh, it was a pleasure. You guys do a really good job, and I hope Tom has a good sleep tonight. <laughs> Love it. Tom, you got uh, anything? You know, I just want to say thanks to Mr. McKay and all the best. And I guess, is what what's it called? It's on a PTO. The ATO? Is that what it is? ATO. ATO. Yeah. Amateur. But, uh, Amateur. Um, a big year for you in the Sioux of, like, if nothing works out with the Marlies, you're to crush it in, in this 24-game bubble that uh, that is proposed, and we're excited to watch you tear up the Greyhounds, so. All the best if uh, if we don't uh, talk to you next coming weeks, bud. Thank Love you, guys. It. Appreciate it. it okay, fun. boys. That is going to do it for episode 16, and we'll send it over to Maze for another fire outro, and we will see you next week. Take care, everyone. That I can't keep count New kicks give me cushion like whoopee Keep a smile like an eating ball cookie Everything good, I'm white boy awesome Up all night, Johnny Carson I ain't got a Benz, no, just a Honda But try and get my money like an Anaconda Real, real long, across the country Smoke joints in the whip, no cap can bust me Driving to the stage, they applaud and scream All them pretty little girls coming flock to me Nelly
that you're rad this dick I'm just playing, let's have a ball All we need is some weed, hoes, and alcohol 